tell me one thing, Burke? You're going out there to destroy them, right? Not to study, not to bring back, but to wipe them out. It's just one of those things managed to wipe out my entire crew in less than 24 hours. And if the colonists have found that ship, then there's no telling how many of them have been exposed. Do you understand? I ain't much for begging. Nobody ever gave me nothing. So I say, fuck that thing. Let's fight it. Organism, the Alien Saga podcast, is brought to you by the generous support of our incredible patrons. To learn more, please visit www.perfectorganism.com forward slash support. Please hurry, there's something on board, please. Parish, go again, you're breaking up. Lander one, repeat. I can't. Lander one, repeat. Lander one, repeat. Stay the fuck away. Welcome to Perfect Organism, the Alien Saga podcast. I am your host, Jane Prater, and I am joined by hosts. Everybody go and introduce themselves. Starting with uh, Patrick. Michael. David. And Clara. A.K.A. Mother. Yes. <laughs> and uh, we are here to, to discuss uh, the anniversary of Covenant and where it's at and where we're at. Um, it's been, as everyone knows, uh, who's uh, aboard this this episode tonight, there's been a lot of talk, shit ton of talking, a lot of shit talking. And that uh, Patrick posted a poll that we're going to discuss a little bit later. Um, but really what we're going to do is we're going to kind of set it up talking and we're going to share where we're at, like with the film. Um, obviously, when the film released, it was very polarizing. A lot of people loved it. A lot of people didn't like it. A lot of people were in the middle. Um, it's complicated. And I'm I'm certainly curious. Uh, and I, I mean, even though I sort of know where Clara is, I don't really know where Dave is. I don't know where Michael is. Um, uh, I kind of know where, I mean, I know that Patrick loves the film, but I also know his, his opinions are complicated or they're nuanced on the film. Uh, so I thought we would just open it up to uh, where we're at. And I want to start with you, Dave Gogol. All right. You always uh, appreciate you starting with me. It's a good way to kick it off, as always. <laughs> <laughs> you know how to run things. All right. So um, I still love the movie, you know, a year later. Um, you know, I can still watch it at any time. Um, it's definitely, I think I've learned to enjoy it more. Um, then when I first saw it, of course, especially when you like something, when I first saw it, I was hyped. I remember my friend going, oh, my God, this is great. It blew Prometheus out of the water. Then the adrenaline, you know, settles in. You know, you watch them when you watch the movie. Um, a couple times after, you start to pick apart things, you know, a bit. Um, but I guess I, I'll do it like a list style because it's stuff I like. Um, I love the soundtrack. I think it's it's just below Alien 3 in terms of the best soundtracks for me. Like, especially when, um, you know, I'm writing really? or I'm reading all that's even when I'm yeah, even when I'm writing or I'm reading, I usually throw that in the Alien Three when the first two um, I put on. But that could also be from the Alien and Alien soundtrack. So I've listened, I've listened to it more times than I could count. So it's nice having something different. Um, 
and the visuals of course are um for covenant are, are outstanding every every scene is gorgeous to look at um david is still um one of my favorite characters you know um i think that uh he's just very um a lot of layers to him a lot of levels so i think that kind of um maybe simple to my you know a little dumped him down a little bit in this one the way he was a villain but i still he's just so much fun to dissect um Speaking of it, I also like because we've obviously discussed Alien, Aliens, and Alien Three more times than we can count. I don't get sick of it, but it's also nice picking apart things in Covenant little details, like me and Clara. Especially, she's great at it. You know, picking things that connect between Covenant and uh, Prometheus, and then little hints from Covenant that maybe picked up from Alien and Aliens is awesome. I never get sick of that. Um, the creatures looked fantastic. Um, I think I still think the Neomorph should have been the focus, not the the Xeno. But um, the Neomorph was cool. Um, that whole um, that whole sequence, the one that was sh- you know that was um, shown when um, the Neomorph first is birthed, is one of the best in the franchise. It's awesome. It's tense. I never get sick of watching that either. And um, David's lab is also one of my favorite visual scenes. The whole that whole thing is awesome. And we all know those uh, you know the drawings, of course. I can't wait for the book. Um, all that stuff. I love, love, love. And what I don't like is there's a lot of cool characters, but they're they're not built up enough. They're a little thin. Um, it is just like Prometheus. They were editing because I, I could be on Fox. I don't know if it's Fox or Ridley. It's the movie could have benefited from another 20 minutes or a half hour to really stretch things out. As Jamie liked to say, let it breathe. Let it, you know, let's soak in all the goodness. Let's you know, let's you know, let's enjoy the scenery. Um, the last half hour, though the creatures look cool, it would have been nice to actually have them done properly. Not there's you see you see too much of them. Like the coolest one of the coolest parts of Covenant is when the neomorph, you know, um, the the attack in the field. When you don't see it, you just hear it kind of galloping, and then jumps at uh, Daniel. That part is great. It could have used more of those kind of sneaky scares. Um, and I think also what would have helped with the pacing is I think the crossing, a uh, little bonus scene, and when David bombs everything, I think that should have been the beginning of the movie, in my opinion. I think it would have made for a better, swifter, um, you know, more put-together narrative. That's that's my take on it, at least. Those little, like, especially those negative things I didn't catch when I first saw the movie, but after watching it quite a few times, you know, it's something you notice. It doesn't take away from I love it to move from the movie at all, but, um, you know, it's there. But a year later, I definitely still dig it. All right, I'll take the I'll take the reins. <laughs> um, so okay, well, so my feeling a year later on Covenant. Um, well, let's see. I really don't have anything to say now because Dave just said everything I wanted to say. So <laughs> no, um, actually, I, I will I will say I will say uh, I love the movie. I've seen it now probably oh I'd say probably two to three dozen times. Uh, it's one of my favorite movies to put in. Are you serious? Um, it. Yeah, wow. yeah. I, I love I love Covenant. I, now, that makes me really happy. Yeah. <laughs> here's the thing. I, although I have I will say one thing. As I have watched this movie, I've disliked the characters more and more. <laughs> um and not and not the main characters, but like I I like Tennessee. The reason I like Tennessee because Tennessee seemed genuine. Like he just was you could relate to somebody that has, you know, that the good old boy drunk crazy uncle one of those kind of guys you can relate to that you know i could also uh ferris um i liked her i liked her character because she didn't have to her character wasn't huge 
but she didn't have to do a lot. She was she seemed to me the most one of the most true characters because she absolutely looks like she is scared out of her mind. Um, you know, and of course, you always have the people that are like, oh, you know, why would she do this? And why would she do this? And why wouldn't she help her? But she's scared. She's no idea what to do. And which is funny because those two characters are actually together in, you know, in the movie. They're, they're a couple. Um, I have to say with Dave, I, as, as Creature goes, um, the Neomorphs, hands down, they stole the show. They were mm-hmm. uh, scary. They were they were just I think they should have been used as. This movie's stepping stone. There should have been nothing else in the movie except for the Neomorph to the point where that is the stepping stone you see in evolution, not kind of jumble everything in in just this movie. Like the, I understand David was kind of, you know, he was trying to show the different, the you know, the levels that they had gone to and different everything. But I think that Neomorphs, they could have easily just taken the bait and taken that whole show, um, the whole movie. Um, so, I mean, in that, like, I, I have to... This, Dave, you stole my thunder, man. Uh, I love, I love the, the the soundtrack. Um, I do, I don't like this soundtrack as much as I like Prometheus. I, I like Prometheus a lot more. Um, so, I mean, that one of the good things. If I would say one of the worst things that I still I can't get over is the flute scene, and I can't get over the fact that David plays the theme song from Prometheus. Oh yeah, in in the uh, in his little his little room, I just I don't understand where that came from or what the idea was that because it just it made no sense you know the, the way it was set out. Um, I like Walter. Walter was was uh, an incredible you know I I thought he was a great character too. Um, I guess overall I I mean it, it's it will never be my favorite of the franchise because coming from my background, Aliens and Alien Three will always be. Those are the two, um, but I, like I said, I, I guess from a step up from Prometheus, uh, I would say definitely, um, you know, it, it still sticks with me. And like I said, from a point of view of just, I guess, the aesthetics of the movie, um, you know, David's lab, David's lab was incredible. I mean, the 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 paintings and the creatures and um, just the the things that went into that. And then I'm gonna be the I'm gonna be that guy. The only one of the biggest things I hate about the movie is the way they killed off Shaw. Uh, Shaw, everybody was like, oh, Shaw was one dimensional and she wasn't that. That was one of the most irritating things for me is the fact that they killed her off. So just the way they did it was just like, ah, you know what? She's not going to be in the movie. Okay, we'll just kind of leave her as a slab on the table and say that, you know, she was dissected. That to me, that's, you know, I, I liked her as a character. Um, other than that, I mean, like I said, it's it, I, I can still watch at any point of the day. If I see, I can pop it in and watch it and be totally fine with, you know, have a good time, enjoy it. Um, I don't. I mean, that's like I said, that's my point. I, I to this day, I you know, to this point, I'm still, I kind of have my mixed feelings um, for certain things, but overall, like I said, I I thought it was a great movie, and I can pretty much watch it whenever. It didn't no negative effect on me. So cool. Was it my turn? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's very clear. Next. Uh, <laughs> um, all right. Uh, to just play off what Michael just said before, I do agree that there should have been more sure. I really liked her character in Prometheus. I, I really would have loved her to be the next uh, proto Ripley. Um, but obviously, you know, Covenant's not about 
the women of the franchise, unfortunately. It's about the nonsensical, psychological uh, craziness of the robots. <laughs> so it would have been nice to see um, that sort of creeping dread uh, Shaw's realization of what David was doing to her and what he had done to the planet. And I feel like this would have benefited from a slower sort of pace, but Covenant, Covenant remains my favorite movie and I'm, I'm still finding out stuff in it a year on. It's Covenant's crazy. your favorite movie. It is my absolute. Really? Favorite movie. Wow. Boom. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great. That's awesome. Yeah. Nice. Um, I love the soundtrack. Uh, I was just listening to it the other night, and um, there's some some tunes that I thought were a bit inappropriately used, just like uh, the the flute playing by David as well. I thought that was a breaking of the fourth wall. I thought it was kind of silly, but you know, I've I've gotten over it. <laughs> um, I really love David's lab, the practical effects, um, a lot of the designs by H.R. Geiger that were unused in previous films had been realized in Covenant. So that was really amazing to be able to see that sort of stuff because, you know, we never got it in a lot of other films that he had been contracted to, to do um, concepts for, and then it never got used. Uh, I really liked the way that David had um, gotten onto the ship um, we all knew there was going to be a switcheroo at some point and um, it kind of frustrated me that it was really predictable but now I think it's it's kind of clever um, immediately as soon as he saw Walter he was like I'm just gonna cut my hair and look like him and get on that ship <laughs> and it was yeah I think I think the movie uh, is definitely rewatchable I probably like the aesthetics of Prometheus more but I like the story of Covenant more, if that makes any sense. All right, Patrick, how about I go and then you go? That sounds, yeah, I was going to say, we should, we should break up the love fest a little bit. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I really, I, I, th I think we should, while we're talking, I mean, obviously three of us have gone, but like, let's also discuss discuss this and challenge. Like, I mean, obviously what I'm about to say is going to be vastly different than, but oh, I also agree with you guys uh, on, on, on some specific points. Um, you know, obviously, uh, as you guys know, Clara's kind of the newest to the to the group, but most of you know, I had major hard times with Covenant when I saw it, and most of it had to do with the last third of the film more than it did the, the first 45 hour and 15 or whatever. Um, and, you know, by the time the Bambi Burster or whatever that thing was, the, 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 the chest burster from Orem jumps out, I was livid. Um, and I walked out of that theater so pissed off. I was just so angry. I just felt like the the film, I just felt like Ridley Scott didn't show any respect to the alien. The CG was very obvious. It looked like it was a last minute decision, which actually I believe it was. Um, the film was promoted as being all these practical effects and there was not a lot of practical effects. A lot of it was CG. So that was still, you know, that was making me angry. So, uh, it's kind of a journey, though, because I, I had seen it. I was really angry. I saw it again. I was still angry. When it came out on video, uh, I was like, okay, I'm going to try and watch this movie again. And I tried, and I was like, I can't. I didn't even watch the rest of it. I just was angry. Um, and then about two weeks ago, I think I even made a Facebook post, and I was like, I can't watch these movies. I can't 
get myself to do it. But then about three days ago or four days ago, I sat down on, I sat down, I was like, okay, I'm going to watch Covenant. I've just kept thinking about it because Clara posts all the time about it. And of course, most of the people who are involved with our perfect organism family, most of you guys really like it and you're talking about it. So of course I'm thinking about it too. So I decided to, to watch it again and I watched about an hour and 22 minutes of it. I really enjoyed it actually. Um, now, that's not to say that I don't have fundamental issues. Actually, I think the score, even though I love Jed Kurzel, I love his work. Like his work for Macbeth, his scores are phenomenal. I don't like his score. I, not that I don't like his score for Covenant. I just feel like it's so derivative of Jerry Goldsmith. It's not his score. It's Jerry Goldsmith's score, Respun. And some of the fundamental things, issues that I have with Covenant are, and Patrick and I was discussing this um, at length. Um, because I was apologizing to him for giving him so much shit about Covenant. Um, but I, for myself, um, uh, I really was because I felt bad about it because, you know, I, I, I just I'm conscious about that kind of thing. And I, I don't want to I don't want to do to other people what I don't want done to me or whatever. But um, for me, alien films have always been about uh, kind of a journey with this one character named Ripley. And that's those films sit in within me because I it just meant so much to me as a child and as a teenager and so now we have these prequels that's absent of that character none of these films have that character and I'm not talking about a Ripley clone I'm talking about someone that I can believe in someone that I can root for someone that I'm like I don't know that I can just get behind and I I can't experience these films the way that I've experienced the originals so I've had a hard time. Even Resurrection, which had Ripley in it, I hated. Um, because they brought Ripley back and she did shit. She did nothing. Um, she was useless, um, which is, was a cardinal sin, which I've mentioned before. Um, but that being said, uh, I I think, as all of you guys have, have agreed, the, uh, the scenes with Ferris and the, you know, the, those, that backburster scene, I mean, that's probably, I am not, I, that is the most tense that I have felt in an alien film, in any alien film. More than the original, more than Aliens, more than Alien 3. That scene with that backburster is fucked up, and it's amazing. Um, and I love it. And I think uh, Amy Simons, I can't, I don't know how to pronounce her last name, Simons, whatever, uh, her performance is amazing. I would have loved it if she would have been the, the, not the hero, but the one who would have survived and know what it would have known. In fact, I think that would have been a better way. They kind of set Covenant up to fail in some ways where they showed us Daniels in this Ripley kind of outfit with a gun looking just like Ripley, short hair, like proto, more than just a proto Ripley, like a replicant of Ripley. And it didn't work out for her. And I feel like if they would have approached the film where we didn't know who was going to survive, it might have worked better. If it would have been Ferris... It would have been awesome because I, I think about that film and I think about Ferris's performance. Um, so I, I, I there's so much about the film that I love. I think in terms of Prometheus versus Covenant, I love the aesthetics of Prometheus better. I think uh, aesthetically it's a better looking film. It just is beautiful to watch. It, it's it's in fact I think it's prettier in some ways than Alien um, in terms of how the, the art design and everything. Covenant just seemed kind of flat. Um, seemed kind of a little bit boring. It felt like people were rushing through these sets. I didn't really get a sense of where I was or how long we were there or anything like that. I'll disagree with you a little bit, Michael, in terms of the scenes with David. I actually think those, think those scenes are really, really gripping. Um, 
but I also think that it's another film. In fact, I think the beginning of the film is a completely different film. I don't even want, I think the beginning of the film was like, well, what film are we watching here? Oh, it's an alien film, so why are we talking about AI? Um, a great scene that just didn't belong in an alien film. So anyways, as, as always, my, my opinions about Covenant are all over the map. And uh, they're well, not. Why, why doesn't that belong in an alien film? Uh, I just, it just like where's where's that written down in some book somewhere that like an alien film can only be, be about specific themes, and if it's anything else, it has to automatically be a Blade Runner movie. Well, I don't you know? even think it automatically has to be a Blade Runner film. I just but that's feel... what people say online. That, that's that's what people say. Is that well, I mean, I've said it too, to be honest, uh, and you've said it too, and, yeah. and and I I have no clue what you guys are talking about when well, you say that. Well, it just that, feels honestly. like I don't think it should have. Started with yes, it. maybe that's it. That's it my, I think it's a fantastic scene, but I think it it should have started with like the the crossing. Then you see that you see him, then you see him fucking destroying everything. Yeah. Then you go to that. I think that would have been. Uh, I I kind of disagree because that was the original prologue for Prometheus, and they finally used it in Covenant, and I really liked it. I enjoyed it. And I enjoyed oh, I, love, I, I enjoyed the scene too. Scene. Yeah, I just feel like it, it sets up the film to be something a little bit different than it was. Like it, it, we're kind of finding out a little bit about David. Okay, we know a little bit about David. We we knew that he was, you know, Wayland had said, "Oh, I, I consider this robot my son." Um, so we knew that. I just felt like, why is it here? Mm. <laughs> because the because the film's about about David. You know, it's it's his movie. Hmm. And it's setting up all the themes that are going to propagate through the rest of the narrative to me. And, and but, I think that's probably part of the issue that I have is, okay, so it sets it up, it's about David, but then, okay, so it's about Daniels, because that's who really they, Fox set up uh, for this film to be following, or she was the heroine, or she was the proto-Ripley, like Clara said. So, But then it sets it up where it's about David, so, oh, it's not about David, it's about Daniels. It's just confusing to me. It was a confusing well, opening. My my biggest thing is, it, I like I said, I enjoyed the movie. Don't get me wrong. I really, really enjoyed this movie. But, like, there's parts in the movie where I felt like Ridley Scott was looking at fans and, and looking at us like we're idiots. Like, I'm sorry. You, you can't tell me that when David and you all of a sudden you see Walter and then, you, then David meets Walter. Like, immediately you know in your head what's going to happen here. Like, you know. And then when David goes in and he's cutting his hair to make to to shorten it so it looks like Walter like you can immediately it's like you know I saw that come and then probably my and that wasn't even the worst part the worst thing for me was the the very end scene where what do they do they blast the alien out into space like you know what I mean it just that that irritated me because I'm like I've seen this before like that might that one scene in the whole movie when that whole setup goes on like, oh, what are they going to do? They're going to open the airlock. Oh, what are they going to do? They're going to blast the alien out into space. Huh, where have I possibly seen this before in another movie? Like, you can't tell me you couldn't have come out with a different original way to destroy it. Like, like, just the little things like that are the only thing I well, can't. I mean, to, to be like, fair, they, they, they do – they but they dissolve <laughs> through the hull, you know. I mean, I mean, they're on a they're on a spaceship and they have acidic. You know, they saw that you know more rotted through the crane. So like, so you know, if you if you somehow were able to kill it with you know munitions on the ship, there's a chance you could rupture the air seal. So yeah, I, I think it makes sense. There's a pretty finite amount of things you can do when you have xenomorph on board a ship. Yeah, I, I would agree, and I think Michael brings up a valid point, and I think it's in, in some ways Covenant is a beat for beat reboot of Alien, um, whether from the ejecting the body out of the airlock, just like they did with Kane, um, 
it, there's there's some things that but also James Cameron did that in Aliens too so you can't but, really and, you know. and also but that's how you dispose of bodies in space that's like what's set up in the canon yeah, of this but, universe you know? yeah that's and true like, but I feel like there's this creeping this 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 thing that emerges in a lot of pockets of the fan community where people need everything to either be entirely novel or entirely retreaded. And if there's anything in the middle of that, people get all like pissed off because they're like, oh, well, you know, this is this has already been done before or like, well, what are they doing this? We've never seen this before. Like this is a deviation from what I expected or this is exactly what I expected. That means it's boring. I feel like people, for whatever reason, with Covenant are so aggressively picking apart every single decision that they made from a storytelling standpoint that it's sort of um, hampering their ability to just take the movie as what it is. I mean, the, the reality is that whenever you create art, in any genre, but especially in a franchise of a film, there are going to be visual references to things because it exists within a universe that's been established for 40 years that people are very familiar with. And because of that, you know, like, like there are not an infinite variety of options for various scenarios that arise. Things are going to get retreaded. And I think it's okay. I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with people investigating a mysterious beacon, you know? I think it's something that's been done before within the universe. And I think it's okay because it's like a little homecoming moment. It's like, a, oh, here we go again. Just like yeah, I think not? that the, the use of 15 Death Stars, so why not? Right. And I think that like the, the fact that, you know, you had some of the Goldsmith score was not a bad thing at all because it's it's a way of saying this is I mean, li literally, like the theme from Alien emerges in the prologue of the movie when the letter forms come on screen in a staggered manner, the same way they do in Alien, because it's a, the whole point is that it's an echo of that movie. It's Ridley Scott coming back to this thing almost 40 years later and saying, here, I'm closing a loop. I'm beginning a new cycle, and because of that, I'm going to be bringing you back into that universe and then taking it somewhere new. And the new place that he's taking it, of course, is this artificial intelligence. And I think it's a wonderfully brave and interesting storytelling idea and device to have this arch villain, to have an actual, real, honest villain in this movie who we created and who accidentally superseded us because of his incredibly interesting human idiosyncrasies that are embedded in his faulty programming. And because of that, he creates. And I think that's a wonderful trope that I have not seen done in other science fiction. And I'm somebody who reads and watches a shitload of science fiction. I don't think that it's Blade Runner. I don't think that it's something that's been done before. I think it's a genuinely new utterance. I don't think it's an unprecedented idea, but I think it's something that is exciting and new and novel. And I, and I think, sure, you know, Ridley Scott, you have the reins of this franchise right now. Show me something new and couch it in something I'm familiar with and tell me a story using means that I can recognize but taking it in a, in a new direction. So to me, when it deviates from things that I expect, I'm like, okay, let's see where this goes. And the reality is, is that with Covenant, I've, having now seen I guess I can kind of turn this into my personal opinions on it. Having seen it probably 30, 35, 40 times at this point, um, I feel like it's, uh, if anything, more um, resonant than ever. I really do. I feel like it's grown on me every time that I've seen it. I look forward to watching it. You know, like, I mean, I can't even count the number of times where, you know, Micah and I will be like, oh, let's, let's put Covenant on. Like, it's, it's going to be Covenant night. And we watch it all the time. And um, I think if it were really a truly bad movie, unless I just have the most abject, horrible taste in films, which I don't think I do, I don't think I would do that to myself. The reason that I watch it over and over again is because I continually discover new things in it. I continually yeah, see exactly. new, new metaphors. I see new <laughs> visual metaphors. I see new ideas. I pick up on things like on cues and on references to things that I'd missed previous times. And even though I've seen it 30 something times now, I'm still picking up on new things. And to me, the mark of a great movie is not whether I can walk out of it and immediately say, oh, I A, understood everything. I B, 
had all of my preconceptions challenged and I didn't see anything coming and I see loved it, you know, uh, unquestionably. And I'm, I can't wait to go see it again. To me, the mark of a great movie is I walk out of it in a daze and I go, Oh my God, what just happened? And I sit there and I lay awake at night and I can't sleep and I have nightmares and I dream about it. And I think about it and I go online and I feverishly search Reddit to find people to talk to about it. And I go on Facebook and I, and I go on these message groups that we all are a part of. I'm yes, exactly. <laughs> And so That's to me, I, I walked out of it and I, and I, I wasn't, I wasn't like, I really, you know, I, I went with a group of probably 20 people to see this movie and all of those 20 people knew this is a very important moment in my life. Everybody that was there knew that they knew I brought, I brought my first ever alien toy. I sat in that audience and I had my fucking Wayland Yutani jacket on and I sat in that theater and I was enthralled and I was amazed and I walked out and I didn't talk to anybody because I couldn't process what had just happened. And it wasn't because I was in awe of how good it was because I wasn't, I did not love it that first night, but I was in tremendously intrigued by it. And I, and I, I had that instinct, instinctual sense right away that this is something that I will be unable to get out of my, out of my system again, and that I will have to, to revisit. I guess just to finish my, my thoughts on the movie, and Jamie, I've told this to you uh, on one of the millions of times we've had an argument about this movie, to me, you know, I have loved I have loved Alien since I was a, a, an actual child, and I know we we're all in the same boat. But speaking personally, I was an actual child when I first fell in love with Alien. Still a child. <laughs> well, I think we're <laughs> all were kids when we when we <laughs> fell in love with these films. Right, 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 right. But but my my point isn't that I was a child. My my point is going somewhere else. My point is that I have been waiting for you know almost three decades for a very specific experience, which I've told Jamie about, and which I'll tell you about. So, you know, I loved, I fell in love with Alien when I was seven. I was seven in 1992 and I couldn't see Alien 3 because obviously I wasn't going to get to go see that. So the first experience that I had with Alien in cinema was Resurrection, which is a, is a really uneven movie and, you know, was, is not scary. And I, I, I liked it, you know, and, and I have a complicated relationship with it, but it did not feel like an Alien movie to me. The next thing I got to see was fucking AVP, which I still have no idea how to feel about. And it's not it's not scary. It doesn't feel like an alien. <laughs> then I saw Requiem, which you guys have heard me go on and on and on about. You know, it makes me want to vomit. So, like, so for me, I've been waiting my whole fucking life for this one thing. And that's to go sit down in a movie theater and be genuinely afraid <clears throat> in an alien movie. I've been waiting for so long for that feeling. And I was. And the backburster scene to me is a very important touchstone in my personal life, in the evolution of myself, because it was the first time I sat in a theater and I was actually afraid watching an alien movie. And I was like, fuck, I've been waiting for that for so long, and I didn't even realize it. So to me, like all of the, all of the hate the Covenant gets from very vocal aspects of the fan community, and all of the negativity, and all the fucking arguments I get into with people, don't, they don't even matter because nobody will take away from me the simple fact that I sat in a theater and I was enthralled and afraid of an alien film in a very genuine and deep way. Um, in addition to that, I think that Kurzel's score is is truly masterful. I think it's weird and it's haunting and it's very interesting and it's very difficult. I think that it uses the themes that we're very comfortable with in ways that make them even more unsettling because they feel displaced. I think that breaking the fourth wall in the flute scene is actually a stroke of narrative genius. I'm sorry to disagree with you guys about that. I think it's a beautiful moment because the only character who could get away with doing that to me is David because he's an inhuman and also non-AI character in a lot of ways. He exists in the sort of third classification. And so to me, the fact that he exists in the sort of super narrative realm is really powerful because it's like he's controlling the whole fucking movie. You know, he's controlling the whole universe. And so when he plays that very, very beautiful theme, it's a really haunting moment because you're like, 
what, 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 what am I not, what else am I not aware of? What else don't I know about? You know, I think that, um, Michael, I totally get, you know, what you're saying about how it was predictable, the fact that they were going to swap places. But I also think that there's a, a device in literature and film called Chekhov's gun, you know, like you set up a conference, you set up something that is very obvious and then you let it play out for a long, 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 long time. And then you deliver on it in a very major way at the end of the movie. So like the fact that I, I had the same thought, I was like, obviously they're doppelgangers. Obviously this is a very precarious situation. Obviously he's, you know, singing Monte Carlo while he's cutting his hair. Like this is going, this is going to end badly, but that's the whole point is that it's going to end badly. And that's the whole point of alien. That's what it's all about. You know, all of these movies are about that. All of these movies are saying this is going to get worse and worse and worse. You're not going to make it out of this thing. And so what, what was beautiful about Covenant to me is from the very first notes, which, of course, are two the, the two notes that you notice first, of course, over that wah, that low synth rumble, are these two flutes playing this theme that is echoing the alien theme that Goldsmith wrote. And it's from that very first moment setting up this expectation that something very bad is coming and you cannot get away from it. And the whole thing is this inexorable drive towards doom, I think is just fucking beautiful. And I think it's aesthetically really well done. I think it's musically beautifully done. I think that the cinematography is just absolutely impeccable. Um, I think that Wolski is one of Scott's best cinematographers that he's ever worked with. I think the fact that, Sc that Scalia got to do the editing on this again is another wonderful point of circularity, the fact that he's been working on these films as long as really Scott has. I think that screenplay is actually really strong. I think that there are obvious inaccuracies in it. I think there are obvious deviations from canon that are probably unnecessary. I think they should have probably obviously had helmets on when they got off the ship. I think that there are things you can pick apart, but there's things you can pick apart about anything, you know? Maybe in Covenant they're more extreme, and that's fine, but for whatever reason, in a very deep way, I don't give a shit about that because I love the movie. And because all of the argument, the people who say, you know, Xenomorph could never survive the, you know, the fucking proton ejections coming out of the side pods on the landing ship i'm like you know what maybe you're right who gives a fucking shit it's a movie it's a movie about aliens it's okay there, there, there are some things that might not be quite right the fact that it's a neutrino burst the neutrinos are essentially massless which is a very weird decision but on top of that we were watching a documentary the other day and there was a whole thing on solar sails and i was like oh like i can tell that they put a lot of thought into how you would actually travel across space and from a production design's standpoint i think it's impeccable i think the ship is incredible i think as many of you have said previously on this episode already i think david's lab is one of the great set pieces in the history of the entire franchise i think it's right up there with the derelict honestly i think in the original film maybe not quite at that level but I, oh, to the point where it's hard i think there's so much visual splendor and wonder in that i think the well, way that much to take in there's so much to take in and so, all of us have like we we have spent so we, we're friends with the people who made it you know we yeah. have spent so much time trying to figure that out and still i find myself finding things and finding references and being like wow like how the fuck did they fit that in there you know i think that a lot of the character decisions that people have issues with, like for example orem going towards the egg and looking into it i think are really unfair because there are tropes in horror movies that just have to happen like people have to be driven to the point where they make stupid decisions. Maybe the stupid decisions are a little bit too extreme for some of you in this movie, but to me, they're not. I, I get it. People make bad choices. Also, Orem is a fucking idiot, and that's set up from the very beginning when he does a job <laughs> taking over control uh, from the captain. Like he's an idiot. Like that's the whole point. And he's an idiot who also has lost his wife and is at the ass end of space and has no idea what's happening. And is a man of faith being confronted by evidence of a life form created by what would be contradicting his notion of a god. And because of that, he is enthralled and horrified by it, and he puts his head in an egg, and he fucking dies. I think that the subsequent chest-bursting moment is a moment of true beauty. Jamie, I know you have a lot of issues with this, 
I disagree with you very fundamentally on that. I think it's a moment of reverence. I think the way Kurzel scores it shows that the filmmakers had a lot of reverence for that moment, for the significance of it. And I think the fact that they finally got to realize a non-chicken bursting thing with actual actual articulated arms because they had the, the technology, whether or not they actually used the, the marionette or the CG or where the, the in, interplay between those two were, I think is beside the point because I think they finally got to realize what they wanted to do in the first film. And I think it's okay if you revisit something, as long as you're not changing the actual original source material, if you have 35 years to get back to something, I think it's okay to revisit it and to say, you know, maybe we're at a point now where we can actually do something more productive and more aligned to what's in the screenplay. And of course, in the screenplay, it was supposed to be able to have articulated arms. They couldn't make it work. So I, you know, I'll stop there, but I, I could talk for literally hours about why cup. So I think a genius. <laughs> just to, just to piggy, well, piggy backburster over uh, what you said, that, um, that whole backburster scene, <laughs> I'll never forget when fucking last alien day, both me and Jamie on different coasts, unfortunately, we both saw alien on the big screen, which was a, religious experience and we got to see that um that that on the part of the teaser scene fortunately slash unfortunately i showed that back person scene and i was done because i knew jamie was seeing it. i'm like i can't wait to talk about this though the movie wasn't officially out i just that excitement to talk about that scene was incredible I'll never forget that i was like holy shit and about the helmets the fuck of that lost in space show on netflix no one fucking wears helmets or checks a goddamn atmosphere so fuck the helmet issue sorry <laughs> yeah if that if but also, but here's but also the thing do, though here's the thing. Remote, no but hang on hang on they do a remote atmospheric survey and their whole reason they touched down on the planet in the first place is because it's suitable for life yeah, so it's not like they had no just because they were air is breathable doesn't mean air is safe and yeah, but how do you know but here's, but here's the problem just, with that. Here's the problem. The they Here, assume they knew what they were doing. You know? know, here's the problem, though, with that. If it, it, It's one thing to say, oh, fuck the suits, fuck the whatever, it doesn't matter. That's not how Alien was set up. Alien was set up with much smarter characters doing much smarter things. Of course, Kane looks into an egg before because he doesn't know it. Of course, now Orem doesn't know it either. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. To kind of back... Just because we love something doesn't mean it's good, and just because we don't love something doesn't mean it's bad. And that obviously goes for me, goes for, for Clara, for Patrick, for everything. And with a movie that I love, like uh, Blade Runner 2049, I could go on and on and on and on, like Patrick did, about Covenant, explaining all of these things, why I loved it. Now, for me, for someone who does, and there are people in the Blade Runner universe who don't like uh, Blade Runner 2049, and who will pick apart things that I love about it and think, oh, no, they're brilliant, they're brilliant. That's just their opinion. Um, that's just what they believe. And I, I, think, I, I, I think that... The Alien series is 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 what's happened. Is it, it's much like Star Wars: The Last Jedi, which I actually really loved, which kind of went into a different territory. Um, it, it's there's a fracture. There's there's people that like you know I really and I'm kind of in both boats a little bit. I mean I would like to see new things, but I also love what I I love about the original three films. Um, I, I just don't think I don't think that anything is black and white. I mean, I, I do. I have fundamental issues with that uh, chestburster scene with Orem. I think it's ridiculous, ridiculous. Um, Amen. Now, now, now it doesn't mean yeah. that it is ridiculous. Yeah. I just it just uh, and I have reverence for the alien creature. I mean, I I fucking love it. I mean, I, I love all of what Geiger has done, what he's brought to it. Um, I love that actually in Covenant they go back to some of those original. Uh, ideas, even in terms of that the, the protomorph or whatever it is that we're seeing, not the white one, but the, the, the more regular looking one. I think that's one of the most scary, the, one of the scariest iterations of the alien that I've seen yet. I think it's brilliant. Um, I don't like the neomorph. I think it looks kind of ridiculous. 
Um, I think it looks like Pumpkinhead. I, I'm not really. I like the actually. Yeah. The, I think Clara. I think you um, you shared a, a photo of the the neomorph, um, or was it you? I can't remember, but it was actually a sculpture that someone had done, and it, it was it looked like like a butthole, but it actually looked. You mean the the, the Odd Studios thing that she put up today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And I thought that <laughs> that's that, exactly what I thought. And if a creature would have looked like that in the film, I would have been. A, way more for it, but it didn't look like that in the film. It looked like bad CGI. It looked like it was CGI that mm. was put over, and it just didn't look like that, and I couldn't even see it very clearly, and I, you kind of see it standing there behind that, like, curtain-like thing, but you really, you don't know what you're looking at, and really, but that but that photo that you shared was scary. That thing is terrifying and uncomfortable because I, it I looks familiar. 100%. I think that the, yeah, the practical effect, Neo, is awesome. The, I think the CG was a huge issue. Totally agree with you on that. I, I hate the fact that they rendered over like all of these great practical and, costumes and, I, scenes. and part of you know, it. Like, and I think you, know, you guys, well, not you guys, but I'm sure you probably understand this. But uh, part of these factions that some of us belong to, or we find ourselves in uh, unwittingly um, or by default, um, part of the the, the buildup to Covenant, and all of us know this, was practical, 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 practical. Yeah, that's what they sold us on. Practical this, practical that. When in fact, by the time the film got out, a lot of that practical stuff went away, and a lot of people's, a lot of people were frustrated at that. And now, the people that love the film, like you, that Clara, and I know Clara, your story about if you didn't like uh, Covenant first, and it's been a long journey for you to kind of find your way to it being your favorite film. It, it took a while, but a lot of people were really frustrated, like they felt like one was pulled over, like like Ridley Scott just pulled one over on us. Um, the, the toy maker NECA is pissed. They won't make any more figures because they, they based their figures off their practical effects on when to change. They were fuming. They're done. They're done with the whole line. Wow. I, didn't like, know. I don't know. If, I didn't know. Yeah. That. I don't know if you guys got. I know some of you got the Alien Covenant artwork. Like if you, if you see what they look like in practical effects, they were gorgeous. Yeah. Like I, I've come to peace with the CGI. You know, it's it's not what I prefer, but it works. I'm fine with it. But when you, you see what it was before it's terrifying it's you know i remember like you were saying i saw the the what the neomorph looked like in practical like gave me little chills and nothing fucking scares me and i'm like yo that is awesome like it's a shame that they had to do much of it with cgi because what they originally went with was wonderful it was wonderful i think there just needs to be a a decent balance between the two because yes like, practical's great, but there are definitely some parts of that movie where the alien contorts in a certain way, and there's no way you could get a man in a suit to do that, even if they're really great at it. So the, the CG is necessary in some parts, but I think part of this, and, and I think it's part of the whole movie's production, is that everything was rushed. Everything was yes. changed last minute, and you can tell and, and there's, it's not the, the fault of the CG companies because we've seen their work in other movies and we don't have any complaints about their work. It's, it's what they were forced to do in the amount of time that they were given with the budget that they were given. And, and there's obviously going to be some sort of sacrifice in quality. Now, I, I spoke to uh, Matt Hatton about this who, uh, you know, worked on the movie and he said that, that there were references for the CG. Everything was done perfectly. Uh, there was not much of a difference between the practical effects and the CG effects. And then the whole time I was thinking that is like, then why did you replace it? 
<laughs> like the the parts where like it, it can't be done by a, a person in, in a suit, fair enough. UCG. But then the parts where it could be done with practical, leave them as practical. Uh, or, or maybe do a bit of a composite overlay of the two, then that way it's not jarring when you're switching between CG and practical. I just And I don't think I, we've ever gotten an answer on that. It's something that I think bothers all of us. And and as far as I can tell in all the resources that we've watched and read about, I don't think anybody's ever answered the question of why they actually swapped so much of the physical of the physical stuff out for the CG. There's also uh, reports too of uh, some of the people who are working on some of the practical um, versions of the alien saying they didn't have time to work out the puppet. Like the production was moving so fast, they didn't have time to work out how certain things were going to move in the suit or as a puppet. So they had to use CG in certain areas. And and part of that, you know, and I, again, kind of to back up to bigger picture. When I think all of us can probably understand this, when we when we something's not working for us, then when we're continuing to look at something that isn't working for us, then the little things start to bug us. This isn't working. That's not working. That's ridiculous. That's not working. I think that's that's just kind of normal things. Like for me, like I walked into Covenant, certainly based off of seeing the 10 minutes of footage on Alien Day last year, as Dave was talking about, like I walked out of the theater disturbed. Like I was like, oh my yeah. God. Like I was like, this is, this is, like I, just, I couldn't wait to see this film. Like I was ready with yep. open arms. And I, and I think- yep. We just like things and we don't like things. I, I, for me, and I know we're all different. Some of us have, might have a journey to liking stuff. Some of us might, like me, I like things or I don't. That's just how it is. Um, now, I'm not usually black and white on things. I usually have more nuanced things, unless you're talking about AVP films or Alien Resurrection. Even though I think that there are some worthy things in Alien Resurrection, I just don't like that film, period. Um, but it's hard for me to say I hate Covenant because I don't hate it. Do I dislike it? No, not really, but I don't really like it. But there's things I love about it. It's a very nuanced discussion. It's a very nuanced conversation. Um, I, I, but I, I just feel like, I don't know, it, it, it's, it's a hard conversation to have. And for me, what I don't like about it, because there's no character for me to relate to, what I don't like about it just jumps out at me. It jumps out. So because there's no one, if I, if, for instance, say Daniels or say if it was Tennessee, I actually don't like Tennessee at all. I think he's derivative of Dallas. I think he's one note. He's predictable. Um, he's just, I, I just feel like he's, he's just too derivative of a character. Why is he derivative of Dallas? Uh, well, first the name, uh, or to Dallas now, here's Tennessee. It just, it was derivative. You don't it, think that's, that's, that's just a nod to to Dallas, it's This is the part. This is part of the problem. I don't think. I think Alien is better than having a nod. Alien is better than foreshadowing. Alien is better than uh, pre-shadowing or like, oh, we're gonna do that. Like for instance, in Prometheus, when she said, when her father in her dream was like, that's just what I choose to believe, and then later on she goes, it's just what I choose to believe. So I, I, I just don't think we need nods to, we know how good those films are. We know I mean, how good those characters are. One of them is named after a state and one of them is named after a city. Yeah, I mean, but it was have, just, it was just, it's, it's okay to have a name that, you know, is, is in, in the realm of nouns. Well, I, I have less problem with his name than I do with his character. I don't think he's, he's probably. So, so how's his character derivative of Dallas? Uh, I, I just mean in, in what he kind of stands for. Uh, I just think. What, that what does he stand for? He's derivative. Uh, I, I just feel like he, there's a better character. Parker was a better character of, of Tennessee. 
Like he's derivative of Dallas by name. He's derivative of. But do you of think Parker. that he would have if he if he had been more like Parker that you would have been complaining about him being too much like Parker being derivative of him? Well, see that I mean now you're hitting on another. Now you're talking about another problem. I don't need to see uh, versions of characters that I've seen well, before. I don't need if, if to want, see. If you want to talk about it, I I have I have to jump in and exactly agree with Jamie. Okay, so Daniels, who was Daniels? Daniels was an exact ripoff of Ripley. That's exactly the character they made her out to be. And you know what? It was a false flag because what they did was they brought us into the beginning of this movie. And when they started making the fair characters, the first character they came out was Daniels. Exactly like Jamie said. They showed her in the gray tank top and they showed her with the big gun in her hand and they showed her her short haircut just like she had in Aliens. They did everything that they, and then all of a sudden it was like, but this is not the movie we're trying to make. Like, so yeah, there is, that's the kind of stuff that irritates me. I, I, like I said, I am one of the people that I love this movie. I really do like this movie, but you have to call it for what it is. And the thing is, there's so I, many I agree that Daniels this movie. is, is yeah, but see, that's, I, I, that's, I that's what irritates me. That irritates me because there will never be another Ripley. So don't try to make someone out to be that come with the character completely out of nowhere, you know? Okay. So David, we had David. David is great. You have Walter. Walter is great. I, and that was a good way to go with that. I actually that like Walter, people, right? to be honest with you. Yeah. I yeah. love but, Walter. But my, but, but my thing, it just it irritated me because I'm like, don't mess with Ripley. Don't try to go down that line. Don't try to do it in that way. And and to tell you the truth, and like I said, I I know Jamie had strong feelings about this movie when it came out, but there's a lot of things that I agree with him. And I think what it is is I think people get irritated and people get pissed because of the fact that they watched this movie and there's a lot of us that were like, you know what? It's a cool idea. I like the way they're going. I like the, you know, at the, at the end of the movie, you have the, you know, the small, uh, the face hugger and you have the, the small embryos and stuff. And that was really cool. And then David's lab and stuff. But like, there's a lot of us out there and a lot of the big beef that came with people is the fact that it didn't feel like an alien movie because he made it. Uh, it's like, he didn't want to do the xenomorph. But he's like, okay, I have to figure something out. I don't care what anybody says. That puppet that they used for Orm's chestburster was ridiculous. There was people in the theater that actually laughed when that thing showed up. It was the dumbest thing I've ever seen. And it just – it ruined that whole scene because for me, when the when the chestburster came forward through, through Kane in the original Alien, that scared the crap out of me. Like – the, the itself, how it moved like a snake, how it took off, you know. It seemed of course, feral. It seemed like a feral yeah. creature. Like yeah. so it didn't it is, give a shit. This, like I was waiting for this thing to start singing and dancing. Like it was like a Disney prop. It was so bad. And I'm like, I, you almost, I, when I sat in the theater, I thought, I almost thought for a second I could see the strings that they were using to to make this thing move. And I'm just like, why? You you didn't need to go there. You could have just left it go or went any other way. You know, you did so well with the neomorphs and going, you know, the backburster and and you know the 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 crew member that getting the you know having that actually come through his ear canal. I mean, you want to talk about how great scenes are and and there's a lot of great stuff, but you have to you have to make sure you say there's some really really bad stuff in this movie, and that's what people are picking up on. Like, how about you know the crew member? I, I can't think of what his name is I, offhand, but he leans over and sticks his face in and smells the, the, the smells the the yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, like, oh yeah. Uh, yeah. that's Hallett. 
Yeah. Like, Alan, yes, I'm I, sorry. I'm thinking to myself, if you're on, and I understand these guys aren't all scientists. Some of these guys are just tired guns. Okay, but my thing is if you're in a planet that you're a place you've never been before, why in the world would you stick your face into a plant that you have no idea what could happen? Like that to me is just there's just so many of those little things. And I think that is, you know, if if you want to talk about passion, I mean like I I love the alien franchise and I I love the way it's going. I hopefully it it continues to go from here and go on. But like it, you know, you I just I got so mad. At the, about the second or third time I saw the movie, I was so mad because I felt like Scott made people out to be idiots, and that will that will forever stick in my side is the fact that I just felt like he was making a, you know moviegoers who I've seen millions of movies, and then you're you're playing with me thinking that I'm dumb enough to just go along with some of the things he decided, and I think that if you want to talk about passion for movie, that's my that's the dark side. That's the side for me that makes me mad about Prometheus and about Covenant. And and Patrick, I, I totally understand you, man. I can remember seeing the, the first alien I saw in the theater, and I can still remember seeing Covenant and sitting there with my dad and my brother and sitting there watching it and going, wow, this is just – because you're in that moment, and it's um, it's just magical. Like, And we all said – I think we all commented on the backburster scene was incredible. Well, yeah, the, the, something we've all talked about. Yeah, we've all talked about. But for me, like now that I've watched it six or seven times and it's not in that exact moment, I sit to myself and I'm just thinking, I'm like, man, I just wish they would have played this out and not thought, well, you know what? The, the, the they, won't, they won't worry about the time lapse in the scene or they won't worry about this because real moviegoers, that, they hone in on that stuff. And I think that is the biggest divide and this whole thing is not the fact that people don't like the movie as much per se as you had people that are straight and narrow alien fans. They will love anything as long as you have it in the alien universe. And then you had those people that are like, why would you do this to my franchise? And that that's the that's the divide. That's that's what's killing it. That's and what's that killing same it divide is happening in Star Wars, the Star Wars universe right now, too, to exactly. be honest with you. People who can't who hate Last Jedi. They felt like the Last Jedi just tore apart their love for, for. I really uh, hate it. Yeah, and it's funny because I, I I love it. Um, I think it's yeah, great. So. Now I you know I don't. And I was talking I think to Patrick about Patrick. What movie was I talking to saying that I love? But I, it could be bad. But I love. It. Oh, The Village. Uh, by Deep Throat. Deep Throat. And Night Shyamalan's The Village. I love. I love. 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 I, I identify sure. with the film so much. But I grew up. Yeah, that but that way. was the context of you of you saying that. Uh, like the, I like Covenant because like I dislike it so much and I can't tell it's a bad movie. Like that's that like. I, I, no, what, we were what, trying to figure that. You were trying to ask me if that that's what I was trying to say, and I said that's not what I was trying. Okay. To okay. Say. okay. Right. Finish. Um, sorry. Uh, I mean, I. I think that these these conversations can go round and round, and I I I don't think I mean I, 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 and uh, all cards on the table. Yes, I had a very difficult time with the poll that Patrick posted tonight. I did, and I felt like it put me in this emotional space that I haven't been in for a while. Like this kind of well, is it good or is it bad? Or is it, where I've kind of been beyond that. Like I've been trying to enjoy but it's it. Not, it's not. Is it good or is it bad? I know. That's what I was asking. But the problem is that's not how fandom is going to take it. That's not how fandom is going to react to it. That's not what fandom is going to interpret it as. And that's what they're and they're interpreting it, and it, it polarizes. Even though that's not what your intent is. That's where fandom still is. In fact, it's kind of, unless you're in the prequel paradise group, no one's really talking about these films or the prequels. Um, and I know that it's a love fest I, going on. I can't on. disagree more 
uh, with that. I, I, like it, the, it's discussed all the time in Alien Collectors. It's discussed all the time in AVP Galaxy's Facebook community and on the forums. It's discussed all the time in dozens of uh, alien groups that I belong to. Well, in the groups that I am in on Facebook, which is probably six of them or seven of them, the only place that I see it really discussed at length is Prequel Paradise. Um, now, maybe there might be a post or two here or there, but in terms of in-depth discussion and like uh, full-out love, it's only Prequel Paradise that I see this happening. Um, but... I'm also not trying to mention that to say, I also don't want to come off like, well, no one's talking about it. So what I think is that people, that this movie is garbage. I am not trying to say at all that alien covenant is garbage. I don't think that I don't believe that. I, I feel like I've had, I've defended myself over and over and over. Um, but I also really truly believe though, that um, in some ways, in terms of characters, these characters are dumbed down characters of, legacy characters they're dumbed down versions and i cannot accept it i can't and that inhibits me from in enjoying the film more for myself and i'm not saying that it, because you guys love it or because other people love it you're kind of rolling your eyes back and not pretending like you see him i'm just saying for myself i can't look past orem i can't look past daniels as like oh well but the know. point of the point of orem is he's an idiot you know, that's but, the point of his character. I, 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 I disagree with you there. I don't know if that's the point of his character. I'd like to see some verification that, yeah, we wrote Orm as an idiot. I, I, in well, fact, the, for the first the first time we meet him, that, he's making a bad decision. When you watch <laughs> Maybe, Phobos, have you had the chance I think he's to just watch an asshole. Phobos yet? <laughs> I agree with you. I think he's an asshole, too. And I think he's a little bit full of Sorry, himself. Sorry, Claire, Claire, can you say that again? Have you watched Phobos? What's that? The, Phobos is the short okay, that they made, that. which is like the prequel to... Uh, the movie. It's not long. So it's, it's not. Uh, it's basically, the crew test. Wait a minute. Is not the isn't that the Last Supper? I. What, there's no, the, there's no, no, another. There's, 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 that, there's like they're, six. They're going through like the mental test, the mental test, and they show them little flashes of stuff. They'll say like words or oh, or something. No, I that haven't they, seen that. They can remember, say something back. Yeah. It's like their interviews to get on the ship. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's 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 like the it's very very similar to the the test in in Blade Runner. Uh, it's a callback to that, and. In, in that, uh, Oram shows so how shocked. incapable <laughs> for leadership he is. And it, it shows through his answers, through his uh, demeanor. And, you know, they give him the results at the end. And, and he is just, you can see he's just really shit. There's no way he should be captain. And then when you watch the movie and he becomes captain, you're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah, like, I, but I think guys I will even die. Without, like, even you and I were just the... you go, even guys. when, um, sorry, even when, um, you know, Daniels goes to complain to um, Orm. I was talking about to Clara before. Like, there, she's just talking, and he brings up, uh, you know, the fact that he's not free climbing. You know, referencing her husband that just burned to death. It's like, really, really, you're a fucking jerk. Yeah, he sucks. But also, like every single thing, he is the plot device that puts them in danger. The reality is, is that there might have been. I mean, there weren't canonically, but let's say you know there were six other ships doing the same kind of a voyage. The reason why their ship was the one who was fucking horrible and everything bad happened to was because they were being run by an idiot. And the whole it's it's again Chekhov's gun. The whole movie starts with them losing their leadership, and the second in command happens to be this incredibly inept moron who is completely faith driven. And there's nothing wrong with being a person of faith. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that he completely relegates all responsibility to like this sort of other that he has he has no control over. And because of that, he assumes that they will you know lead the way. I mean, the terror, which I'm absolutely loving on AMC, is the same issue, right? Like, they assume that yeah. that 
providence will get them out of the situation they're in and it doesn't spoiler alert you know so the same thing with this orum from the very beginning is making these bad decisions because he does not have the training or the willpower or the intellect or the character strength to do anything else so like you know so he decides to touch down the planet in contradiction to daniel's you know wishes which were very valid right um and then when they get on the planet he makes another series of bad decisions and the fact that they split up the fact that they go into the derelict, all these various things that lead to them eventually being marooned with his wife having been blown up. And then on top of that, he makes another bad decision, which is to go look at the egg. The whole thing is that, like, this ship was run by a fucking idiot, and because of that, they were doomed. And and I think that Scott is very clear about that right up front. You're supposed to know that these people are not going to do well because they have they have nothing going for them in the situation let's see that then again there there presents another problem how would you step why would you staff this multi-billion or trillion dollar colony with idiot an idiot and I, actually i don't think that orm is an idiot i don't think making a bad decision makes you an idiot we all make bad decisions we will but all he continue. makes a cascading series of bad decisions i mean yeah the whole, but i don't think that but that doesn't make him an idiot i i think um some of the things uh I think some of the things, uh, like for instance, towards the not maybe towards the end or towards the, the last third, um, he confronts David after the neomorph has ripped off that girl's head, and David's defending it. Big red flag, big red flag. Well, let me go show you uh, what I've been doing. Oh, okay, okay, I'll follow you. I'll follow you. Then he becomes an idiot, not because his character is an idiot, but because he was written poorly. That's my issue, and that's no, again. But he's written consistently the whole time. He just makes continuously worse decisions the whole the whole movie. He's doing that, and see, and I the think the whole movie he's just set up as this as this moron. And I think that's hard for me to believe. Though that's hard for me to believe. Look at any executive structure of any company. There's always a fucking moron who's near the top because of nepotism, or because of family connections, or because of he's friends with the person who runs it. There's always an idiot somewhere, and we've all been there before. Where we're like, oh god, I hope they don't eventually get enough responsibility where people have to like report to them, you know? Like we all know, we all know people like that. In, in any given structure, that sort of a person exists. And the problem is, I mean, like the captain of the ship was a young, athletic guy who knew his shit and should have definitely maybe, survived. Maybe he did. We don't know anything about that captain. Nothing. So we can't compare him to someone we didn't know. And I also, Fine, but, I, I, I mean, I'll but, challenge the notion that we all, yeah. maybe we all know an idiot somewhere or someone who gets a job through nepotism. We don't know that about Orm. He didn't get that job through nepotism. You know, Orm was just a character on his ship. So you have to assume that. But I, I just, the, and, I, I, and part of it too is okay, for instance, with Gorman and Aliens. Gorman made, Gorman froze. Poorly. He, he made uh, uh, some terrible decisions that cost the lives of his people, but I don't believe, and he was inexperienced, but I don't believe that Gorman was an idiot. I think uh, Gorman was just inexperienced. I think that's probably okay, so, the problem. So, so, so just discount the idea of, of idiocy. Like, let's not talk about actual IQ aptitude. Let's just talk about capability of leadership, okay? Gorman, from the very beginning, is set up as a poor leader, and that is foreshadowed. For sure, it is for sure. Through, continually through the whole movie, for sure. which is why he's the punchline of everybody's jokes. But Gorman a, is the same thing in Covenant. Yeah, uh, but I would say, uh, what's the name of the actor who plays Gorman? William Hope. William Hope. The delivery and the way William Hope acted Gorman, even though Gorman made some bad decisions, like, for instance, after he wakes up and they're in the place and he's got a bandana around his... his uh, his head and he sees Ripley and he goes, look, Ripley. And she goes, forget it. There's a, a, an element or an elegance to his performance where he has me, where even though, he's, yes, he's I knew. He's written better. Too. Yeah, he's just written better. 
And I and I again I, I want to kind of step away a little bit from the minutia because we can argue in circles or discuss or passionately disagree in circles. What we're having here is different uh, perspectives. You can perceive Orem that way and make concessions for him, and you think it's fine. That's okay. I don't see him that way. In fact, I see him the opposite way. But because these are two different experiences of this film, and uh, and to to back up even further, I mean. Okay, for instance, this poll that was launched, 72% right now say that they loved Covenant, 27% that said that they that they don't. Um, but oddly enough... To be enough, clear, it's not loved, it's liked versus not liked. Okay, or whatever, okay. Uh, liked or disliked. Um, but then you have the comment section, which is interesting. The comment section, far more people are typing out their, their dislike of Covenant and why, as opposed to the people commenting that they did. So it's an interesting dynamic there. Um, and I, 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 I think that there's valid points in both parties. Like, I think that... Um, some Trump of, is valid points. Some of, some what, of, what I get, though, is like... Because I, I, I feel like... I, I don't want to attack you, but I feel like, in general, people... This, this exact poll has been posted in various manifestations dozens of times, and it's always the same... Split. It's always about 70-30. It's always within that range. And then people say, well, the comment section's so angry. It's because if you look at any movie, any movie, the way that Facebook treats algorithms of comments and also the way the sort of people who are more inclined to comment are usually people who are trying to convince everybody else that they are correct about something. And if they're really impassioned about it because they didn't like the movie and they're kind of infuriated because they feel like Fox is going to to see these comments and they're going to think that you know that the franchise is going in the right direction and i think it's going in a horrible direction i'm going to make my case known the reality is is that and i'm not okay and i'm be careful with my language i'm not saying that people who don't like the movie are haters because that's not that's a blanket statement i do think that there are quite a few haters in there that i can call up by name but i won't who continually you know send me very weird messages on facebook and people who say weird shit and really hate the movie and really hate when people like me advocate for it um, there are those people, but you know what? I'm sure there's a ton of assholes on the side that like it. Maybe I'm one of them. Who knows? I hope I'm not. But I do think that the people who don't like the movie are very bellicose about it because they feel like they need to convince people. Whereas the people who like the movie have by and large jumped ship and are now in other groups that allow for conversations where they don't get shit on constantly. The reality is that we all had that experience when the movie came out where we immediately went to encampments. The people who liked it were just getting shat on and shat on and were very fed up with it. And the people who didn't like it were united in this kind of angry front. And again, I don't want to make a blanket statement. I'm sure there were people who were much more nuanced than that, like Jamie. But in general, people who didn't like it felt like if they got this mobilized force, they could get Bloomcamp's movie made or they could do something else that was more productive because it would be a way of externalizing their inner torment of this movie coming out. So the reality is that every poll from AVP Galaxy to Sci-Fi to Movies.com, to, I, I, I've sent you screenshots of all these. They're always 70-30, and so is our poll. Um, and, and so you can argue until the cows come home that that data doesn't make sense or you can parse that however you want to. But the reality is, is that consistently seven out of 10 people on average, which is almost the same exact numbers as Rotten Tomatoes, agree that the movie is likable and the rest of the people don't. And these are not just random moviegoers. These are hardcore fans who listen to an alien podcast. Well, I don't have a problem myself actually- with the, those poll numbers. But I mean, and those poll numbers could say it was 80, 20 for all I care. The results are in the box office. Period. If this movie is so well liked, why did it did even more? Why did it do even more poorly than Prometheus? Um, 
because uh, Jamie, you can go through the history of film that happens all the time. All the time, there are divisive movies that come out and people don't support it. Look at Blade Runner. You know, look, look at our other podcast. It's all yeah, based on this. Blade Runner made more money than Blade Runner twenty forty nine made more 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 money than. I'm not talking about 2049. I'm talking about Blade Runner. I'm talking about the original film. And am I saying, let me be careful again, because I know that I'm being parsed and I'm going to get weird comments from this. Let me, let me be clear. I'm not saying that Covenant is as good a movie as Blade Runner. It doesn't even compare to it, in my opinion. I do think that there is a similar element, though, in that, in that um, Covenant is a divisive movie that has cult fandom written all over it and speaks a lot to certain people who are looking for certain things and speaks a lot against other people who are not looking for those things. And because of that, people are very impassioned about it. And it was not a general marketable movie. Also, I think it's important to remember that Prometheus came out and it really confused people. A lot of people saw it, which is great. But they saw it and they were like, how is this an alien movie? Like, what does this tie into? Like, what, what, where's the franchise going to go? And I think a lot of people who went to go see it based on the novelty of getting to see an alien movie again by Ridley Scott probably walked out and went like, okay, I think I'm kind of done with this whole engineer mythos and probably didn't come to see Covenant. And that's totally fine. But I do think that going purely on box office numbers when it comes to franchise intensive cult films like this is not necessarily a good barometer for how a fan community is supporting something. You know what really bums me out? I just want you guys to know this. You know what really bums me out? The fact that they cut and deleted the scene that Walter grows weed. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. I just, I just want to let you guys know that really bums me out. I think I, re- I remember reading about that a long time ago. <laughs> Sorry, hey, I, had to, I, I felt that I thought I, I thought I'd throw some uh, throw some <laughs> off in there, but yeah, that 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 was another cool thing. I, and I we a lot of us didn't touch on it, and you know. I guess I gotta. I'm trying to bring common to this whole thing, and and just think about it. No matter if you like this movie or you hated this movie, just think we're a year a year now that this movie has been out, and we're still engrossed in talking about it. I mean, that's in itself is a pretty pretty cool yeah, totally. You know, you know that that we're still talking about. Yeah. But you know that's another thing too. That the movie, you know, I, I know a lot of us didn't get a chance to talk. I mean, I forgot about it, and of course, because Dave just stole my thunder. But uh. <laughs> You know, I was thinking too, the deleted scenes and the extras. Um, I mean, I understand they're not part of the movie itself, like that we're talking about, but they were incredible. All the, all the, the, you know, the, the stuff leading up to the movie, as in, you know, the, the Last Supper and all that kind of stuff. That was, that was pretty cool stuff that, that was involved in that too. And, you know, there was a couple deleted scenes that I think would have been really, um, they wouldn't have changed the movie one way or another, but they were just some neat scenes to see here and there. But, you know, I, I, like I said, I, I, I can tell that, you know, the coolest thing is anybody that's listening to our podcast, um, they never have to question the passion that we have for these movies. Um, you know, and, and it's, it's to hate it or like it, you know, Patrick can Patrick, I, I mean, I do, I feel you. I totally understand. I mean, I, like I said, I can relate to you. Um, you know, Dave and Clara, you know, I'm a big into the, you know, the creature effects and the design and, and was just phenomenal. And then Jamie, I, Jamie, you and I are, are very on the same page because we are, we are children of Ripley. I mean that, you know, that no matter what, that's always going to stick in, you know, the way we are and, and, and stuff. And, but I mean, you know, just think about it. It's, it's gotta be an incredible thing that this movie is now, like I said, is now a year out and we are having such a, a cool discussion. I mean, that pretty much, should prove right off the bat the the passion that you guys all put in, and uh, it's pretty incredible. I would agree. To, I, go ahead, Dave. Oh, sorry, no, you're absolutely right. Just to throw it, um, 
it's kind of out of left field, but it's one thing I always, for some reason, stuck in my mind when I was reading a million things about, um, you know, Alien Covenant leading up to it. I remember really saying he was impressed with, you know, uh, Force Awakens and what it did. And I remember him saying he wanted to do something for Alien. And in my opinion, I think with Alien Covenant, the reason it kind of is what it is with the, the echoing of certain characters and certain themes is I think he was trying to do a Force Awakens type thing with Covenant in certain respects, with echoing back to certain things and reminders, you know, with, totally. the, with, the, with the theme song and the characters going, hey, this is going to be the new running theme with the Alien movies. You want to... And I think that's where... Um, he got that from me. He, his vision, his grand vision was, you know, all right, Force Awakens for everybody. So I'm going to try to do Alien for everybody. And it's the kind of like Patrick just saying, it's kind of too niche for that. It's kind of too cult. I mean, I don't know if it'll, I think it could still make the box office numbers that Aliens did. It could still be a breakout hit. I don't think you're ever going to see, you know, kids building Lego alien sets, though they probably should. Um, I don't think it's ever going to reach that level, but I think that's what he was trying to do, and that's where I think some of the his little reverberations of the past kind of came in and where it worked for some of us and some of it didn't. I just thought I'd throw that out there. I, I completely yeah, agree I with you. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I agree. I agree, too. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I, my problem, too, and I'm not problem, and I think probably for me, and I, all of us here aren't normal fans. We are hardcore. We talk about things that even kind of the general problem, you know, general people, even in kind of, you know, fly-by-night uh, Facebook groups, we, we dissect things and talk about things that people don't. So I think... <laughs> I us... don't think we're even normal people. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, too. And I, So I think um, how a film is going to play out for, for us is going to be different for how a film plays out for, I don't know, say, I don't know, just some Joe Schmo or Joe Schmo fan on Facebook. Um, and I think uh, part of my, even my own... Uh, my problem with uh, Alien Covenant and certainly Prometheus is, for instance, even if you step back from those films for a minute, a lot of people said, oh, really, Scott hates to, he hates repeating himself. He hates repeating himself. And I'm thinking, okay, so this is the third film he's made where people um, go and uh, go into a derelict-class starship and search for things. Oh, he, but he hates repeating himself. Oh, there's another, like, and I just felt like, but that's all he's doing is repeating himself, and in lesser ways. But... Um, but the, the but the parts of it that didn't repeat himself, like the chest burster, or I'm sorry, the back burster, the throat burster, which is a scene we haven't discussed at all, which I think is fucked up and brilliant. Um, and Although just, too short, I feel like that that should have been more of. A, yeah, it was really should short. Have been more of that, yeah. It was kind of like everyone was looking at that, like, well, what the fuck is happening? What are we even seeing? And I don't even think the audience really knew what was happening. Which that's one of the reasons why I love that scene, that moment. Um, but anyway, and although that that was like a hundred percent practical too, which is really cool. Like that that was a pneumatic pump shooting blood. Yeah, that was it was a great it was a great moment. It really, really was. And I, so I think part of it for me, like even like the the criticism that the Force Awakens got was we didn't need another Death Star. I don't need another derelict. I don't need another alien being blasted out of the 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 airlock. I don't. I just I've seen that before and better. Give me something new. And that's a hard thing to do. It's a hard uh, thing to do. I don't know. I think <laughs> I think the alien being flushed out of the airlock, uh, scientifically accuracy, uh, Covenant takes the cake for that. The the zero gravity, um, the glass floating out, uh, oh, just everything gorgeous. about gorgeous the scene. Yeah, for it, sure. They it did it in, in, in awesome. the same thing in a different way, for sure. For sure. I, I agree with you. I think it was beautiful to see. Um, but I still think it's 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 still a rip 
a repeat of something that we had seen before, whether it's Alien, Aliens, Alien Resurrection, and then now Alien Covenant. So you have four films where this happens. Even Resurrection did it in a different way. And I'm not saying that scientifically it was wrong. I'm just saying for me, I didn't need to see that again. But it's just they have acid blood, so what are you going to do, you know? There's there's not much you can do. <laughs> and, and you I have to get rid of the body to do something different. Ship. Yeah. I think the problem is as well, because we keep on saying that oh, we want something different, and, and Ridley Scott did give us something different in Prometheus, and everyone, uh, like, not everyone, but some people flat out like, oh, this is an alien movie. I didn't like it. So then he returned to something which was more alien, and then everyone's complaining like, oh, you're doing the same thing again. Like, Ridley Scott can't win. <laughs> I agree. That's a Which hard thing. Which one do you want? <laughs> Fandom is yeah. hard. Fandom doesn't know what it wants. Oh, yeah. We've had this discussion. No one <clears throat> knows what they want. Yeah. And, and I, I think a lot of people actually don't know what the alien movies are about because cause we have our, our own uh, idea of what alien is to us, right? And, and right. So, for some of us, it's, you know, the, the space scenes. The other ones, it's for the Marines. For me, it's for the androids. Other people, it's just purely for the xenomorphs and and if we don't get things depicted in the way we want we we uh rebel we we don't like it and because we I love think, those things right? <laughs> yeah and we, we want to see them in a certain way i think what we have to do with the prequels or with alien films in general is just let go of any expectation um that you have because that's how you set yourself up to fail um that's when i walked into uh uh the new Star Wars movie, I I had expectations, right? Because I, I loved the original trilogy. I don't like the prequels at all. And when I w- walked into that movie and I watched it, I was like, I hate this movie. <laughs> it goes against everything that I believe in. And it goes against everything that I feel like was established before in the universe. And I, I didn't like the change. And, I, and from that point, I could understand people feeling that way with the alien universe. And I, I was trying to reconcile with you know why am i so accepting of the alien universe doing these things breaking canon and and creating something new but then i can't accept it in star wars it's just it's strange maybe i'm not yeah. passionate enough i don't know no, maybe i don't, I don't understand. think so. no no absolutely agree. i don't think so at all i think it's just the way that we you know i think i have to ask myself can i you know you you, you pose a question fantastically and, and it's a question i have to ask myself like these new alien films are idea films. They're not character films. They're about ideas. And that's not ever what they've been for me. And so I have to ask, can I handle that? Can I accept it? Um, I have a hard time with it. Uh, the parts that I love are character parts, like Ferris, um, or even parts of Vickers and, and Prometheus. Uh, it's. I don't think that there's a, a right or a wrong answer. It's just, it's what these films always are and have been and what we're willing for. To let you know, for me, I, I walked into the Last Jedi with no expectations. I walked into Alien with no expectations. What let me down in Aliens was and, and Covenant. I'm sorry, was character really far above everything else, far above the Xeno or anything else. I was let down by character. And if you're gonna, and if there's no one for me to believe in, you've lost me. So it lost me. Um, and that's my that's my issue. You know, that's not Patrick's issue or Clara or any, but that's just. And no one can convince me that there's a character that I can root for or that I can believe in. There is none for me. Um, and no one can convince me. And it's not, I didn't set myself up for this. I'm not making a choice. This is just what I respond to. We all see films differently. We all journey differently. And we can't, I don't think we convince ourselves or not. We just like what we like. Um, it's a hard I think place that's to be. totally true. 
Yeah, and 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 I I think that um, if you're if you're watching a movie to find a character to root for and you don't find one, I can totally see why that would be frustrating. I just I I, I personally don't watch movies to find characters to root for. I don't know why. I love when I do find a character like that, but for me, there's there are things in film that I really love that are from character that have to do with with ideas and with philosophy and with narrative progression and with aesthetic beauty and with um, storytelling that to me if they're strong enough can really I, I, I also love experimental films and I love non-narrative movies and I think you know to me part part and I don't think the prequels are necessarily in that camp but I do think there's more of the avant-garde in the, in the prequels than there are in, in the canonical trilogy and and I I can totally get why that's infuriating for people. Um, and that's not to say, I mean, and intelligent film buffs I've ever met, you know, I am not taking anything away from your ability to articulate how you care about a movie. I think that, you know, a ton about film. You went to film school. I just think that for, for me, I'm not necessarily the, the finding a character to, to believe in isn't, quite as important as necessarily other aspects of a of a movie and so that's why they don't bother me you know it just doesn't bother me that much um that being said i i do want to take a second and say something else though you know i i i want to say that i really i really love you guys and i'm really glad that we have this relationship where we can be honest about this because i i, I it's something that i think is really um in our hearts and it's something that we think about and we're very passionate about and it's something that we can get cranky about very quickly without realizing it. And 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 I know I, I can recognize in myself when I'm being kind of irrationally cranky. So I, I do want to apologize for for being a little bit defensive about it. But I, I also to want to apologize. say okay. for people. Well, I, I I want to say for people listening. That and 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 I and I really mean this. Um, I if you if you did not like Covenant, I really feel horrible about that and i'm really sorry and i don't know what it's like because i i happen to fortunately like it because it hit the right things for me so i don't know what it's like not to like it and and i and i think it must be really frustrating because it feels like this franchise that you love just as much as i do has been pulled out from under your feet and um i felt a little bit like that with prometheus i felt i felt a lot like that initially with the adp movies but i was younger then you know so i didn't really have a perspective but um, so I can kind of understand a little bit of it. But the reality is, is that I don't know what you've gone through. And it is presumptuous and wrong of me to think it isn't just as valid as mine. So it, I, I'm really sorry if you don't like this movie and, and I feel horrible about it. And um, nothing will change that. You know, I, I, I'm sorry if my defense of it has made your um, hatred of it burn more brightly i'm sorry i'm sorry if like hearing people who love it talk about it is infuriating to you um i'm really sorry i i, I see i don't think you should apologize patrick very... i think that that's a great thing i think it's a great thing that people love this film i wish i was like you and clara and dave and michael i really do like i watch these films certainly lately like man i want to see what they're seeing you know i want to and i'm i'm enjoying it more um but i think though and I don't know about you guys. I don't know about how everybody was raised, and especially when we when we watch films as children, um, or or something is like magic for us when we're kids, or something is like um, uh, like uh, almost like a, a guiding light for us. Whereas for me, when I met the character of Ripley in the Alien world as a child, I was going through some shit 
dark shit as a child. And for me, those films were a light through that. It was, Ripley was going through something that no one else believed her that had happened. And so was I. And so that was my in. And so a certain, and then it kind of guided me through my adult years. And I've talked about this before, not adult years, but early teen years or mid teen years when I was 16 and I met her again and she's in a dark place and she's in confinement and I am too. And she's experiencing these things and I am too. And she's this light. And so these films to me aren't just films, they're, they're life. Um, they are everything. And so then that character goes away and so it's like, well, what are these films now? And then, so when then you, you hear about Blomkamp talking about Ripley, and I'm thinking, oh my God, this, this character that moved me through, that got me through my youth is returning. Oh my, like it just gets me so excited because I don't have, I don't know how those, I don't know how the prequels fit in my life anymore. And that's part of it. Um, so this is kind of an answer. I think it kind of answers maybe how all of us, I know Google, you're, you're, the way you uh, get into these films is very different than many of us. But I think a lot of it has to do with what these films were like when we were kids or when we were young and we engaged them and how they were playing. And so this this marriage to this idea of what these films are is deeply rooted in us, at least me. And so I, I think I just have to be honest about that and say that's where I'm coming from, good or bad. No, I, I agree completely, especially my view on everything in the last uh, five months. It's completely 180, so I connect to things different now. Because it's funny you brought up Star Wars and the prequels. Like, I love the prequels because the other characters aren't as developed as they were before. I love the ideas and some of the stuff they brought up. But then I go to The Last Jedi, it's just like you, with no expectations. And while some of that other stuff didn't really connect with me, Kylo Ren, I'm like, dude... I'm with you, dude. I'm with you, man. Kill the past. Fuck it, man. Let totally. that shit die. Yes. Totally. Yeah. I'm like, I, I get it. And I didn't have any, you know, and David, you know, I like, and then um, and Dorian from the Alien Four Cold Forge book. Definitely read, by the way. I, it's the type of characters I connect with now because that's what I'm going through. It's like, you know, it's the characters with, um, you know, the, the, the hope and the positive stuff. Not really feeling right now, but your asshole got a little bit of edge. I'm with you, man, because that's the chip I have on my shoulder now, and that's what that's what I connect with. And that's what I love about the, about covenant, the prequels and David. And, you know, you, you go to where you are, you tend to um, just connect the movies differently. And I think, I think that's interesting. It's like uh, Claire, Claire was saying with the, the alien movies, because there's other than the two prequels back to back, all the movies are different visions, different ideas. And we could all kind of connect with something in a different manner, which I think is awesome. <laughs> I, I do love that we're all passionate about it. I think it's awesome, and I, I, I appreciate it. I know that it's, it's been kind of tense and whatever, but I think it's okay. I think it's okay to be tense. It's okay to be frustrated. I've been, I, I was frustrated. I felt myself kind of pivoting back a little bit to Jamie seven, eight months ago when I was really, really angry still, and I really felt let down. And uh, so I apologize if uh, if uh, that tension was over, was too much. But uh, I, I do love that we can talk about it. I mean, we're a family of people. You know, we're a family of, of fans. And uh, and I think uh, I think people want to hear it. I think a lot of fandom is experiencing this thing, this this fracture, this, I don't know what I feel. I like this, but I don't like that. And where do I belong? And um, uh, on, on the topic of, of what uh, Dave said about Alien, the Cold Forge, I think that that book is a demonstration of how you can marry up the ideas of the prequels yep. and the, oh. the feeling oh. of isolation oh. and the characters of, of 
the the alien uh, I, I call it the quadrilogy because people ignore <laughs> resurrection but <laughs> I, I feel like all it's a it's a marrying of everything together and it's it's so good it's just amazing and if we could get a movie like that fuck it would it would blow me out of the water it was just it would be just amazing i i I really 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 want something like that for the franchise because that book is just it's 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 everything the the science is great the characters are really in-depth and the the, Mm -hmm. the challenging and, and the um they've got so much going on they've got their own agendas you know just like a uh, Vickers had in Prometheus, but then you've got you know the xenomorphs as well because they're, they're so different and they're kind of like the ones which were in Resurrection. So it's just, oh, I just I just love that book. Yeah. So and I just want to do book. a quick plug. Our it's friends know how to read, at, learn uh, how to read, and then read the book. Right. <laughs> um, our, our friends at AVP Galaxy just posted an interview today with Alex White, so make sure you check that out because the author of Cold Forge because it it is fucking awesome and we're really lucky to be getting literature at that quality level i think yes um in fandom right now and and, and same thing like and gabriel hartman too i feel like dust to dust is, is just another yeah, just a, a great example of a new movie set in the alien universe um and it's and it's another thing that like you know we're we're really in in a lot of ways living some of the best times in alien fiction right now because we're getting all of these expanded universe things that um you know like are really more i think more prominent now than ever before because fandom has united on the internet so much and uh, and it's it's really cool to have been a part of that, you know, over the, over these last couple of years. Whereas in the past, you know, like we're all into the comics except for Jamie, <laughs> but like you know, we, we all like, you know, we, we had this this practice of going to the comic store and kind of like you know the the Alien current edition was always out, you know, it was always like sitting there in stock because like I, I feel like other people weren't really, you know, reading it at the sort of level that it is now. Whereas now when I go to the comic store, I have to reserve a copy of things of Dead Orbit of Dust to Dust because. Um, you know, like it's really, and I feel like it's really in demand. And I think Dark Horse has done a tremendous amount with the franchise, but it's fun. I mean, you're right, Jamie, what you were saying about fandom. It's really, we're in a, an incredibly weird place right now. Um, just in general, I think, you know, across many different franchises, not, and not even just Alien and Star Wars, um, or Blade Runner, but just in general, like there's this sense of, I mean, this is a whole separate episode, so I, I won't get that deeply into it, but I feel like there's this sense of, the world is moving on and properties that we held really dear as young people. Now that we're older and now that, you know, we're starting a new generation with kids and now that we're like in positions of, you know, of not necessarily power, but not now that we're like functioning members of society that, um, these things that we, that were really, um, intense remembrancers from our youth are being taken and changed. And I think there's something that scares all of us about that. I think that if, I mean, I can't even imagine if if they said they were remaking Jaws. Like to me, that would be another moment where I'd be like, "Oh fuck, please, like, like don't do this, like don't do this, don't do this." And then if they made it and I hated it, I would be furious about it, and I would be commenting on every poll that every stupid podcast <laughs> would have. Right? I totally get that. I I just am very lucky, as as are a few of you other guys and some of our listeners, in that I really loved Covenant. Um, and uh, and and I I just think that we're in this brave new world of internet fandom now, and every opinion that we have can find echoes across the world. You know, like everything that we think is true will be backed up by people everywhere, and then before we know it, we're accepting it as this unanimous fact. When in reality, it's a much more nuanced and diverse um, opinion set than that. You know, Ryan Johnson said something um, 
in an interview, uh, of course, Ryan Johnson is the director of The Last Jedi, and he said, you know, it's good. He said, you know, fandom is going to have to come to a place where they're, you know, they're going to have to either have they're going to have to have this conversation with themselves. Can they let Star Wars change? Can they let it change? Um, and I think that that's a question much in, in, in what you said, Patrick, um, we all have to ask ourselves, can we let things change? Um, it's so scary. It is scary. So scary. And for, I think for all of us. And change isn't always good, but change isn't always bad. So it's, 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 it's difficult. It's difficult to see things that we love. For instance, my all-time favorite film is The Dark Crystal. Um, and Netflix is about to do a prequel series, um, which is coming out next year. And uh, I'm fucking terrified. Um, I, I don't even know how. I mean, I hope I love it, but I might not. You know, I mean, you know, so, it's, it's all CG. Did you know that? No, it's not. <laughs> it's an anime. It's an animated film. Did you know that? No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, so yeah, so I, I think that the, I, I think that these questions that were being posed will can we let things change? Can we let things change? Um, and I, I and I think what you said is really perceptive, which is that. It cha- some of us may like change and some of us may not like change or, or somewhat, sorry, let me make it more specific again to parse my words. Some of us may not like a given change and some of us may like a given change, but for all of us, that change is difficult. And that's something that unites us. It, it's not, it, there, there is no fan. There, there's, there's no lifelong alien fan out there who was going, Oh great. It's a new direction on the franchise. Like there's nobody out there who goes like, well, I can't wait to see all my preconceptions be, be altered, you know, but the, the <laughs> is that, like we all go to it nervous. We're all nervous. I was fucking clutching my action figure in covenant, you know, and I came out of it, it having been tested and feeling like I, I was appreciating. <laughs> you, uh, you, uh, you Jamie, you uh, beat me to that joke. <laughs> <laughs> I was clutching my action figure. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. I had to. I had to. It's like it's hard. It's hard for. Every, oh God! I'm saying is about a dick now. It's hard for. Every, right? Like, right? change is difficult. It's just like what. So, for example, you know, like we all have that experience when we're young, where we lose a bunch of friends and we hopefully gain new friends. You know, where we change social groups because we're going through puberty and we're suddenly like not as cool as we thought we were when we were kids or because this is obviously very autobiographical but you know what i mean like like i I went through a a period in my teenage years where i went from being a very you know well-accepted person who was very comfortable in social circles to being feeling like an outcast and feeling really awkward and losing a lot of my friends and and wondering like what the fuck was wrong with me and uh and, and it was really hard. And that was a, an example of a traumatic change, you know? Like, we go through these phases where we know something's going to happen. Like, we're going to go to middle school. And, and we go to middle school. And for some of us, it is an actual nightmare. And for some of us, it's great. Some of us find ourselves in middle school, you know? Um, the reality is that change is difficult no matter what. And for, if it hits us the right way, it can be a really great thing. And if it doesn't, it can be something we never lose. And so the pain that people feel, the people who don't like Covenant, is so valid and so deep. And it's not fair for those of us who love it to, to just discount that. I, I, I really, I want to say that again. It is not fair for, for me to be like, you know, just, just like it, you know, like just get it. Like, here's a million reasons why I like it. Why don't you like it? What's wrong with you? But by the same token, it's also unfair. And I saw this on the comment thread, which we'll get to after this episode's over. Um, somebody said, like, see the fact that two thirds, more than two thirds, three quarters almost of alien fans 
like Covenant is exactly why we get bad movies because, you know, like we're a bunch of idiots and they see that and they're like, oh, we'll give them more shit. And I don't think that's a very fair thing to say. I'm not going to call the person out by name who said that. But I, I think that's a really, really reductionist thing to say. To assume that the three quarters of fandom who likes the movie are just idiots and that's why we like it because it's not true. I so, agree so with you. I agree. If somebody, if somebody doesn't like something or if somebody likes something that you think is stupid, question like maybe there's something that you're not appreciating about it that is worth being appreciated. Just like there are things in it that I freely admit I give a free pass to that are probably really shitty. You know, there are plenty of things in Covenant that I make excuses for because I like the movie so much. And I should be more forthright about that when I do it because it's unfair for me to just make it sound like I think it's a perfect movie because it's not. It's got a lot of fucking problems in it. But I think you you hit on something. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I I was just closing that out. Go ahead. No, I, I, I think that, you, again, you hit on something that uh, uh, strikes a nerve with me, and that's something that I've discussed where, and I, I don't mean to kind of cast this net that wide, but I feel like in some ways it's like, okay, well, we'll settle for this. Thanks. You know, where I feel like I, I, I'm, ne- I'm not a person who settles for films. I don't settle. I, I, most of the films I feel like I like are, are pretty solid. Um, I'm sure there are some that are shit, like maybe... Uh, Lady Hawk. I don't know. Maybe it's a shit film, but I love it. Um, but I just the village. Um, the village. Yeah, totally, you totally. Love Lady. <laughs> um, I do. I fucking love Lady Hawk, but for very specific reasons, I'll get into that later um, or on, on another day. Um, the show Piper. <laughs> a three-hour episode. No. <laughs> uh, the Lady Hawk podcast. Um, <laughs> uh, but no, like I feel like also I I I'm scared sometimes for fandom that. We settle. Oh yeah, well I love this, but yeah, this was bad. But I settled for does, it. Settling, Jamie. Like, why do you think that means I'm settling? I'm not if, saying that you're I, settling. I'm saying that it's it's fandom settling for. Oh well, we'll take it. Yeah, it's not great, but no, we'll no, 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 no. The the movie is. There's nothing wrong with the movie. <laughs> it's everyone else. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 it, it all comes down. It all comes down to standard and taste. And, you know, the, the way I taste chocolate or coriander is going to be different from the way you taste chocolate or coriander. And, and we, you're going to either enjoy eating it or you're not. It's going to taste like soap to you and you won't like it. That's fine. And it, it comes down to these movies as well, whether it's the portrayal of the xenomorph, whether it's the narrative, whether it's the special effects or practical effects or whether it's, you know, whether we think the characters are credible or not. It's it's down to how you experience it. and. And the way I experience it is when I watch it is always through the androids perspective. And that's why I I really love the prequels, I guess, because we're finally seeing it from their point of view. You know, humanity are a bunch of idiots. They've managed to get into space, but they're no better than, you know, their own creators, which were the, um, the engineers who were, you know, smart enough to not manufacture uh, the black goo on their own planet and on another one, but they're not smart enough to, you know, make sure that they had biohazard suits that weren't going to be affected by it. You know, just all of this, <laughs> it all it all amounts to the, the, the whole story arc, and we haven't had the full story, so I don't think anyone can fairly judge it yet because I, I think, you know, when people watched Covenant, for some people, retroactively, Prometheus became the better movie. It elevated it, and for other people, um, the Covenant was the better movie. So I think w- when we get... The rest of the movie is four, six, whatever Ridley decides to do or whatever the producers decide to back. I, I hope 
once we get the full arc, it makes a lot more sense because this is the first time that we've actually had a story, a storyline that we're going from. This is something that John Spates, Damon Lindelof and Ridley discussed before they even created Prometheus. So there is a direction with these movies. They just keep on changing just a little bit because things always change in production, but I hope that it gives us a more uh, cohesive storyline overall and it, it'll all make sense in the end i think just pe- people have to be patient that's all and and, and just piggybacking off that the clara this is something that i brought up on the podcast before so i don't want to repeat myself too much but i think it's important to remember with covenant that this is the first intentionally um transitional movie we've ever had in the franchise like it's specifically set up to transition between prometheus and Alien, or whatever interceding prequels are yet to come. But it's a movie that's set up within a continuous story arc that's already established going into it, which I'm sure changed, you know, once they brought, you know, Logan and Harper and, and everybody in Green on. But, like, but, but there are things that are, from a storytelling standpoint, carrying over from Prometheus that were supposed to be bridging it to Alien. And transitional movies taken on their own are usually pretty difficult to... Um, come to a consensus on because you kind of have to get the answer to the questions or you kind of have to get, you know, like the next round of questions after you get what you think are answers. Right. So like, we're not seeing a one-off film. We're seeing a movie that transitions the prequel material into the normal material that we've known for decades. So I think it's, it's difficult to talk about as the end all be all because we don't know if this really is a protomorph. You know, we don't know if we, we, we like, there, there are so many unknowns transitionally speaking that I think it's really hard to talk about covenant as its own thing. But I also think briefly that part of what's so special about covenant is its transitionality is the fact that it's this hybridized weird cauldron that, you know, all of these different elements have been thrown into and it's very disjunct in a lot of ways. So I totally get that argument. I totally agree with you, Jamie, and with other people that it feels like three separate movies put together. I just don't think it's a bad thing because I kind of like that. I like the the kaleidoscopic chaos of it. You know, I like that it's an imperfect, strange story. And maybe that's what the disconnect is, too, is is it's alien films typically haven't been transitional. Even aliens is in itself a complete story. We've never we've never had one. Yeah, we've never had one. So it's like, well, wait a minute. What the fuck? Like. Uh, so it's something that we have to get used to. I completely admit that. Um, and maybe if Ridley Scott is able to finish his trilogy, which I don't think is going to happen, um, at least not in, in the way. In fact, I don't think we'll probably even see Daniels again. Um, but if he can continue it, maybe it'll all make sense. Um, but uh, that being said, our this episode is almost two hours now, so we should probably wrap up. Um, and, <laughs> <laughs> uh, again. <laughs> Uh, and Dave uh, uh, posed a, a great question that we can leave uh, kind of all of us answer um, at, in retrospect uh, now that we have two prequels. Um, even though all of us kind of gave us our answers, let's go around again and say, out of the prequels, which one do you prefer, Alien or Covenant? And let's start with you, Clara. Prometheus or Covenant? Prometheus or Covenant. <laughs> what did I say? <laughs> Alien. She said alien. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Terminator Two. I love Covenant. It's it's the best one for me ever. Interesting. Sorry, do I need to explain more? <laughs> no, no, that's fine. All right. That's great. Fair enough. Simple is good. Beginning of the episode again. <laughs> um, I'll go next. Covenant, hands down, by a million times. Michael. Oh, don't make me do this. 
Five uh, you know what? Five I'm I'm gonna be the I'm gonna be the oddball. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna be the oddball. I like Prometheus. <laughs> uh, I am, uh, and I'll tell you why. Um, because uh, that, it, I saw that in the th- like I said, I saw that in the theater, and um, just my overall experience. Uh, and, and like, don't get me wrong, I love Covenant, but the overall experience, effects, and everything wise, I just that Prometheus will always stick. So that's me. Um, I'm actually with Mike on this one for that. What? Wow. Wow. It's funny. I love Covenant. Um, it's arguably, I mean, it's probably a better movie. I mean, it came out with more hype, but I like the questions that Prometheus asked as opposed to the questions that Covenant answered. Like I've gotten more into the Covenant discussions later, but the discussions I had, this was pre all the Facebook groups, pre blog, pre-podcast, pre-forms, when I got out of of Prometheus, I would have what I used to joke, these Prometheus roundtables with my friends on like Twitter and through text messaging. We just sit in these group text messages where we hung out just trading these theories. And it was such a great, it was cool. I mean, some of the theories ended up being debunked, some were ridiculous, but it was a great time. And I, Covenant, it never... I never quite captured that, and I like the the visuals and the grand scale and the, the theme of that a little bit more than uh, than Covenant. I just prefer for the questions and that more than the answers I got. That, that's my take. All right, uh, I will predictably <laughs> say that I love the aesthetics more in Prometheus, but I love some of the acting better in Covenant, and that's all that I can say, really. I, I, oh, no, Jamie, don't leave me with that. <laughs> I, I, I can't choose. I mean, don't I... Don't leave me with blue balls. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know, man. Like, I, I just, uh, I, you know, there's... Uh, okay, well, for instance, like I said before, I'm repeating myself, I know, but that whole scene with Ferris, it's one of my favorite scenes of all time in an alien film, one of them. Yeah. Um, it's, it's up there with Lambert and Lambert's reaction. I mean, she has my heart. Um, her 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 ability to deal with that darkness and explain to the people on the other line or you know on the other ship like what's going on you didn't just see what I saw don't tell me to calm down I mean um, it's uh, yeah man I, but I can't uh, I, hmm. <laughs> I, I I I okay Covenant if I was forced to but but oh, not for oh any my God. but not right, for Mike, any bro you and I bro we got this <laughs> but not because. Not because I, I feel like Prometheus is a prettier film. I feel like Prometheus breathes a little bit better. Um, but, yeah. But, Jamie, what you're saying is Covenant is a perfect movie. Oh, yeah. That Wonderful. Was, Completely. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I think, I think that's what I heard. Yeah, I think that was a rough translation. <laughs> What's really interesting, just briefly, is that polling actually bears out exactly this also scenario because on AVP Galaxy, they had a poll that had thousands and thousands and thousands of participants about which prequel people like better and it was almost the exact same it was i think it was 51.2 percent prometheus it's um, 49 right now oh yeah so it's basically yeah i mean it, hey, it, we gotta go vote so <laughs> <laughs> thank funny. you guys for um for creating an environment where we could all be really honest about something we're obviously really passionate about and again i apologize if i was a little bit too aggressive in my defense of it <laughs> Thank you for creating an environment where I feel like I can be myself because this this is me. I'm a really passionate alien fan, so thank you guys. Absolutely, thank you. I've never I've never seen the movies before. I don't really know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, uh, thanks everyone for listening. And uh, 
Dane Howell's book is on the way out, so uh, we might be, pre-order now. We might be getting an advanced uh, copy here at Perfect it's Organism. Too long to wait. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, beautiful. thanks everybody. All right, we made it through uh, this very epic <laughs> roundtable. Again, um, you know, sorry that uh, I was maybe maybe a little bit overpassionate, but at the end of the day, I think we can all relate to that, and we've all been in those conversations. And um, and there is something kind of beautiful about being ourselves with people we love. And you know, it is what it is. Um, but now, in the second half of this episode, which I promise will not be as long as the first half. <laughs> Um, Jamie and I are going to go through some of the top comments from the thread that I posted earlier today, which was, um, you know, a year later, what do you guys think about Covenant? What are your thoughts on it? And how has that changed over time? And we shared this on Twitter. We shared it across tons of different groups on Facebook um, and, of course, on our Facebook page. And we've consolidated some of the the most relevant comments here. Um, and we're going to try to, you know, not necessarily give off, you know, any kind of a pro or con, because I do think that Jamie's correct that this movie is sort of past that. It's not just this, like, I like it or I don't like it thing, although there's an element of that in it. But I do think it's just too complicated to put into those camps. So we're going to try to share some different opinions, and uh, we'll go ahead and get started with uh, with John Hart. You want to go ahead and read that one, Jamie? Sure. So John Hart says, what disappointed me in all honesty was the lack of anything of substance about engineers. Even the crew of the Covenant themselves seems to glide in a slightly not bothered fashion over the subject that they've, def- that they've, that they've just discovered the first ever signs of an intelligent species in our universe. Although I don't think maybe they're in our universe, I guess. Uh, Prometheus really got me interested in those guys, only for Alien Covenant to, ra- to rather casually dismiss them as an afterthought in David's story. For its flaws, and there are some, I find it hard to hate any movie in the Alien series. Uh, he, he hits up on a good point. I actually love the, uh, the engineers. I don't like them as the space jockey per se, but I think in terms of uh, iconic mythology, I fucking love them. I think that they're scary and they're mysterious, and I think that's what the Alien series needed. Um, so I, I totally understand what he's saying. Totally, totally. Uh, Sean O'Connor says, It's visually well done, decently acted, and plagued by a poor script. I like it better than Resurrection, though. (laughs) The problem is that it's just, quote, decent. Yeah, that's something we discuss. Uh, Bryant Dillon says, it's beautiful, It is beautifully visual with a great cast, but the script is pretty rough, and Ridley Scott is obviously bored by the xenomorph. I really wish, I really wish we had spent more time with the neomorphs and witnessed the, cu- the cut fight between the neomorph and the xenomorph. No, thank you. Yeah, so, so that's in the, in the novelization. There's oh. a, kind of a showdown, like a little bit of a like Godzilla vs. King Kong moment, um, which is pretty sweet, uh, and I would have loved to have seen in the movie. I was actually really hoping that would be in the deleted scenes, but of course it's not. Yeah. Uh, Bryant continues on, and by the way, Bryant Dillon is uh, Patrick's younger brother. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I gotta say, nice haircut. Dude. There's just a, a, a visual similarity in haircuts. Um, <laughs> looking, looking back, while I have while I have many issues with the film, the most interesting point to discuss is how Scott, intentionally or not, has reversed the story of the female empowerment present in the original films. In both Prometheus and Covenant, Scott sets up pseudo-Ripley figures who, despite their intellect, resourcefulness, and bravery, are literally just there to be killed and victimized by David. It's, it, it's got a weird misogynistic undertone, similar to watching Jason brutally punishing teen girls for smoking, sex, etc. in a slasher film. 
I always felt the Alien films were more than just watching characters getting slaughtered, but Covenant felt different with both Daniel's fate and the and the out of place shower scene. All right. Yeah. I, I, again, I love that comment because it's it's very nuanced, you know, and it's it's really true that there is this kind of slasher movie aspect to it, which. Um, in some ways could certainly be regressive. I think part of it is that David is kind of basing his character on tropes that he witnessed in classic movies, which are kind of misogynistic and that might've carried through a little bit psychologically for him, but um, who knows? But also, you know, he needed a queen. So, um, but great comment, Brian, yeah. and also great hair. So moving <laughs> on to Mitch, Mitch Mitchell, a friend of ours. Uh, another friend of ours. Some fantastic visuals and design, several great performances, and not a lot else. I have rewatched it quite a bit and still can't really get behind anything that's happening. It just doesn't feel like a story that's interesting enough to tell. Once David shows up, I generally stop the film and watch something else. It didn't please the Prometheus or Alien fan in me. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, Mitch is a friend of mine. Me, me and Mitch talk quite a bit. Um, Mitch is more of a Prometheus fan, oddly enough, um, which I think has far more um, writing problems in Covenant, to be honest. I think uh, the, the writing in Prometheus is so terrible and so dumb and so sloppy, and the characters are so poorly written. Um, I, 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 yeah, anyways. There, there uh, are actual chapters in Prometheus that I, I just can't watch. Like, yeah. I, there, there are parts of it that are so brilliant. And then there's parts of it that are so sophomoric that I, I literally just skip them on, yeah. the, on the blue. I can't even, well, I can't even watch Prometheus with the sound on. Like, I can't even hear, <laughs> I can't even hear Shaw or Holloway talk. I mean, they're just, just watch it with like the it's just, it's just ridiculous. Like, uh, I'll just say one thing. Okay. So in the beginning of Prometheus, you see Shaw with a little hammer and she's chipping away at like a piece of rock. And all of a sudden she can see inside and then she smiles and then she turns around and she goes, Go get Holloway or whoever. And all of a sudden, Holloway's there, and he's walking through this door that has plastic in it. But didn't she just <laughs> didn't she just chip away at a little piece? Like, how was it already cleared out? It made no sense. None. Anyways. Yeah, there's been many moments. <laughs> many moments in Prometheus like that. I know. Yeah. It's, it's a weird movie. Yeah. Okay, so Andrew Brent says, I thought it was totally pointless as if a team of astronauts with years of planning would, would ignore their destination and go somewhere else these trained captain. yeah well these trained individuals then stepped out onto this unknown planet without air filters etc and walked around a bit the whole storyline was was so off it beggared belief we are then led to the conclusion that David created the alien. He did this by selection and mutation from the remains of Shaw. Sorry, this was the worst movie in the Alien series, and they should quit screwing around and making a proper movie. They should quit screwing around and make a proper movie. I have always been in Ridley's corner ever, even after Prometheus. Visually amazing, but the, again, the story was all wrong, which I prepared to. I was prepared to overlook, and then I get to Covenant. It just might be time to hand it to someone else. Blade Runner, Blade Runner 2049 was an amazing movie, so I see no reason why the next Alien movie without Ridley couldn't be as equally stunning. Amen. A -a Amen to the whole comment or to the last part of it? To the last part of it. And part of the comment. <laughs> part of it. Part of it. I think uh, the next I, I mean, Alien sure, film I, I Ridley Scott needs whole, to produce. Not the, the lack of you know helmets was, was a little strange. But again, you know because I, th I fundamentally like the movie, I gave it the benefit of the doubt, and I assumed that they had done tests on air and pathogens using technology that we don't have because this takes place 100 years in the future. You know. But that being said, to each his own. You know, 
I'm sorry you hated it, Andrew. Um, I hope the next one pleases you more. We can definitely agree that 2049 is a fucking masterpiece. Um, but I do think that um, I, I saying it's the worst movie in the Alien series might be a little bit of an overstatement. Well, no, for, I, for I think the worst movie of the canonical is that the right way? Is that the right way you say Canon- the word? Yeah. Canonical Alien film is Alien Resurrection, hands down. Period. Alien Resurrection is garbage. It's a beautiful <laughs> piece of garbage with a couple of interesting scenes. In my opinion, it's garbage. 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 It's garbage. But but but, but that's but we're also doing an air, a resurrection series, so we'll we'll save that. We'll save that. Garbage. Um, let's move on to Mike Andrews. <laughs> Okay. So so now so so this is coming so this is literally just sorted. You know, this is not I did not curate this list that we're reading from. This is just Facebook sorting this. So after Andrew Brent saying it was the worst movie in the entire Alien series, Mike Andrews, who's next, says <laughs> he says Alien Covenant has grown on me every time I watch it. The tone of the film feels amazing due to the gothic and romantic nature of it, mixed with the horror of what David has been doing. One of the best movie villains in a long time, plus a great tie-in with Prometheus, and leaves us wanting more. Up to interpretation, but not as vague as Prometheus. Love it as its own movie and as an alien film. Right up there with the original in Alien 3. You're right. It's definitely worth unpacking. Mike, totally agree with you on that. And I, I want to say again, I said this in the course of the episode, that seeing David become this arch villain was so exciting to me and totally played with this whole Shelley aesthetic of this because uh, it really is it's a gothic tale it's frankenstein it's literally it's the story of frankenstein in a lot of ways and i think that they pull it out um the screenwriters do an amazing job of mirroring that in this ai character which again to me is not an overplay trope and has nothing to do with blade runner whatsoever hmm. all right so the next one uh is gustavo arioldi Federia. i hope i said your name right Ferriera. Ferriera, whatever gustavo uh, arioldi is it Italian or is it Spanish? It looks almost like the 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 the, the, the makes me feel like it's Portuguese. Oh. I'm also butchering the shit out of this pronunciation. I'm yeah. sorry. So, Gustavo. anyways, Gustavo says, "I was anxious for the movie since 2012 when I watched Prometheus for the first time. I loved the movie and it attended all my expectations." There's a little bit of a, a translation issue here. The duel between reason and emotion represented by David and Walter was fantastic. The neomorph in its birth was very badass, and I see a xenomorph on the camera, and I see a xenomorph on the cinema was an unforgettable experience. The only thing that makes me sad is to see how much most people do not like the movie and its overall rating is low. But after all, I love the movie, and I'm very anxious for the next one. Fair enough. Sean Drew says, uh, I, and again, yeah, Gustavo, totally agree that seeing a xenomorph on, on the movie screen, as I just said in, this, in the episode we just recorded, totally agree that was an amazing experience. Sean Drew says, I just watched it again about a month ago. I hadn't seen it since it came out a year ago. I liked it then and wanted to see if I still thought it was enjoyable, dot, 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 and I did. I thought it was a surprisingly smart and, and engaging movie with fantastic complex performances by Michael Fassbender and some of the supporting players, particularly Carmen Ajogo and Amy Simons, who we've both singled out in the past as well as being really memorable. Um, I really wish one of the two lady, one of those two ladies had been cast in the lead role of Daniels yep. instead of Catherine Waterston, because one of the big flaws in the movie is that Waterston is extremely bland and boring. Yep. Same with, with Billy Crudup. Yep. Yeah, I, I, I uh, Daniels, I like her, but I, do kind of agree that she's a little bit too much of a cipher. Uh, Strong goes on to say, <clears throat> had those two roles been cast with more compelling actors, 
and the completely unnecessary final battle aboard the ship been cut, the final battle with the xenomorph boarding the ship is absolutely pointless and has no bearing on the outcome of the film. Um, and then in parentheses, it feels like something that was reshot and added in simply because someone who thought the film needed nudity and more gore. Covenant would have been a spectacular addition to the Alien film universe and, I think, done better box office. Sean, I, I, Jamie and I both agree that the final third of the movie is the weakest part of it. And I do think that there's something to be said for that. Yep. Okay, let's go to the next one. Um, oh, another good name. Violetta and Ensica. Violetta and Chica. And Chica. Okay, I'll just leave it there. Violetta says, "I think it's director's. I think it's director Ridley's act of creation. It is hard to please all fans of the franchise. Now, after a while, I think it was well done. And the more I'm watching it, the more the better. I re I read the novel as well, so I think the movie is mirroring quite well the action sequence." David remains the most interesting character of the movie. I do think there's something there about David. I, I think that if, if you're watching it and you love David, that you're going to have a very different experience than if you don't, if you don't like him. Um, Joe Parmenter says, I enjoy it more each time I watch it. Definitely prefer it to Prometheus, which has kind of been left feeling like an idea that was given up on halfway through for me. There are so many dead ends in it. Um, and he says Covenant feels kind of like a bit of a reboot. Peter Bruin says, a year later, and I have to admit, I still haven't rewatched it despite owning the Blu-ray. It's not a bad film by any means, but it really does fail to engage me like its predecessors did. Still can't put my finger on why. Lack of definitive atmosphere and practical effects washed out by CGI didn't help. Uh, yeah, so, I, I would say... Um, okay, what did he say that... Um, yeah, I don't think it's a bad film either. Uh, I just think it, it, it's just got some issues, um, for sure. I'll just do a couple rapid fire, just just the, the person's name and kind of like the gist of what they say, just, just to kind of get more of a flavor before we close up. David Withers says he felt very disappointed when he left the cinema. Um, he appreciates some of the design work, but has some issues with the rest of the movie. Um, somebody with a name in an alphabet that I can't recognize. I, is that Greek? I'm not sure. But it's it, it's beautiful. Um, he says he was hugely disappointed in the script, um, and uh, he said that he liked Prometheus, but Covenant had him scratching his head. Victor Kovacs says uh, he thought it could be a legit film up until David's appearance. So that's another example of a of an issue where, where somebody sort of like Jamie likes the first part of the film and not necessarily the rest of it. Um, R. Troy Peterson says he loves Covenant, and he says it was the first true alien movie I saw in theaters. Again, something I was talking about earlier and something that's been brought up already in the second half of the episode, I feel like something that really resonates with people who like it is that it was felt like a real alien experience to them and to me in theaters. Um, Dayton Allen says uh, he doesn't doesn't like the J the David part and he s skips through that. But he felt like it was intriguing the first time around. Charles Schmeltz says that it's underrated um, and that people are expecting things out of it. And that it's unfair to the movie because people aren't really appreciating it on its own merit. And that's very visually arresting. Totally agree. Um, James Timman Anton says that he liked it on a first viewing and he still enjoys it. But he, he sees some flaws with it, mostly centered around the fact that it's kind of three separate films put into one, which, agree, which again, I think is kind of because it's transitional. Um, there's many more things. And I encourage anybody listening to this to go on to um, our Facebook page 
which uh, is lighting up right now with people's opinions on this. There's hundreds of comments that we're not going to be able to get to, but um, they're great and totally worth reading and totally worth participating in. So please, you know, participate in the poll that we put out just just for the sake of getting a barometer on where the fan community is. And also go ahead and and, um, participate in this. Before we close out, I just want to also thank everybody who participated for being very civil. I really was... um, very pleasantly surprised by how kind everybody was, even though this is obviously still kind of a sore topic for a lot of people. I think that um, we really did an admirable job as a fan community re-engaging on this. And uh, and it's really wonderful to go back through these comments because they're not personal attacks. They're really insightful, erudite, nuanced opinions. Yeah, and uh, people really, uh, no one really, from what I saw, was belittling anyone for their comments. Everyone just was honest about, hey, this is what I think and this is what I feel. And uh, yeah, I, I think it was a it was a worthy endeavor, um, despite my incredible apprehension about it. Um, I think that uh, <laughs> our fans, not our fans, but the fans, uh, responded really well. So, thank you guys. Yeah, thanks guys, and I'm sure we'll revisit this many times. But for now, uh, thanks for listening. Absolutely. Bye. For more on this and our other projects, please visit www.perfectorganism.com. If you'd like to join the conversation, find us on our closed Facebook group, Building Better Worlds. To support the show, please consider visiting www.perfectorganism.com forward slash support. We've got some great perks available. And as always, please consider rating, reviewing, and sharing the show. We can't tell you how much your support means to us but we can hopefully show you by continuing to provide better, more ambitious, and more dynamic content for years to come.